This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Turtle Boy Podcast. I'm Big Tim. I'm Luke McWilliams. And what are we looking at this week, Luke? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 11. But first, uh, the first half of this podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola with a squeeze of lemon. Cheers, sir. Cheers, brother. Mm-hmm. We had to go Coca-Cola with lemon today because it's so fucking hot here today. Yep. Which brings me to the other... The other thing, the air conditioner's going. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I told Luke, I said, I can't stand looking at your face with your sweating like that other time at the end of last year. So, <laughs> tough titties, air conditioner's on. We don't love you enough to put up with MILF weather. Um, MILF weather? MILF. Yeah. Over 40 and fucking hot. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Good. okay. Um, so, yeah, we, oh. we can't... We, I, I can't. How have you been going in the heat? Well, we, we've been lucky these last really? few weeks, man. It's been nice and... Oh, yeah. You know, like um, the cold front that came through early January. Uh-huh. Early January? No, late December. Uh-huh. Um, it was a hot day and I went to bed and had a nap and I slept for like three hours. This was New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, New Year's Eve? Night before New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. I slept for three hours and woke up, and it was so cold. I thought I'd slept till April, right? Because this cold front just came through so quickly. It's like you hibernated, yeah, again, yeah. Um, and um, so it, it's been very manageable. Mm. But just today, man, the freaking weather's just and, and we're in for it all the way to Australia Day. Well, when's Australia Day? Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think it's not till next Saturday that we're back down in the 20s. I'm going to avoid the sunlight yeah. and I'm going to be watching movies. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I made the stupid decision to um, have a family get together um, at um, Mlonglo Gorge tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, just a family barbecue thing. Yep. You know, Members, siblings, you know, mm-hmm. all of us just going out there, and it's going to be fucking forty degrees tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so. Well, do you want to hear really stupid? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Tomorrow morning, I'm waking up at four thirty in the morning, going down to Quimbian to meet up with a friend, and we're going to be driving two hours to go for a bushwalk. Dri- driving two hours before yeah. you start a bushwalk. Yeah. Where's so, the bushwalk? We're going to something called Pigeon House Walk. One hundred percent murdered. <laughs> but we're doing it earlier so it doesn't get too hot because uh, apparently it's an hour and a half like okay. this yeah so do you so, know about this no, no i don't uh, so four o'clock in the morning okay yeah. 18 degrees mm-hmm. right you get to the 
place, 6.30. Oh, no, we start driving at 5. Yeah, okay, so uh, you, get, you get to the hiking place, 7. 7, yep. So it's still not hot yet. Yeah, yeah, hike for a couple of hours, and then have a very early beer and schnitzel. Nice. That's the plan. Good, good. Because, mm. again, just trying to do a hike once a month. Yep. And especially during the time when it's not freaking cold, because I psychologically I want to get prepared to just go once a month and just keep on ticking. Yeah, don't yeah. even worry if it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I drive home from work and I drive past a few of the, you know, the hills and things where people like to pull up and have a, uh, a, a hike. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like... Nah. No, I don't. I don't. That's what I mean. I don't necessarily enjoy it. Mm. Like I wouldn't do it on my own. That's why it's great to have a friend to go with you. Yeah. Because then it, you know, it, it's it's secondary. Like he's catching up with a friend. You're going for a walk. You're talking about all these sorts of things. And then suddenly you realise you've been walking for an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's great because like I've got another friend who doesn't do anything that he doesn't feel like doing. Yeah. And to be completely honest, is that me? No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. You're you do stuff. You get stuff done. But um, to be honest, when would you do something just because you feel like it? If I was le- leaving it up to myself to do something that I felt like doing, I'd be sleeping. I'd be watching Batman nineteen eighty nine in my underpants. That's it. Yeah. I go to work. And just a reminder that this isn't a children-friendly podcast. <laughs> masturbating the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. That's because you feel like it. But like, then you, there's other things that you need to just actually just get yeah. done. Yeah. And then the offshoot is, shit, it's a bit like Michael Caine and Batman Begins. Yeah, if you pretend to have some fun, some fun, you might actually have some by mistake. You know, like... <laughs> by mistake. By mistake. So, that, was, yeah. that was a good impression. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I don't like the idea of waking up at 4.30. Yeah, I don't like the yeah. idea of actually going on the walk. But once you get it done, you feel fucking fantastic mm. and you have a beer and a chest afterwards. Yeah, nice. Uh, so hopefully I'm not completely dead afterwards. So but, is that towards Jindabyne or down the coastway? I think it's down the coastway. Okay, yeah. And um, because ever since my Achilles went, yep. um, I've, we've been pushing this type of walk back a lot, yeah. but I think I'm ready to do that because it's apparently very steep, but I did an hour and a half push walk one way um, to uh, in Adelaide, which is just as steep, Yep. so I think I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, oh, sweet, man. Yeah, cool. And that's going to be fucking 40 degrees. Yeah, so the plan is after that, it will be about noon, so I'm going to pop myself in my pool with my great big Mexican hat, um, so it's just going to be my chin in the water, hat there, and a beer running to my face. Yeah, nice. That's the plan. Nice. And if other if kids come and jump in the pool, you'll be like, get out, old no, man. They just have to put up with me. Yeah. Because I was there first. That's right. No, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's that's my, my day tomorrow anyway is Malonglo Gorge, so out in the bush. How Australian is, is that, though? Like, oh, it's 40 degrees. Let's have a yeah. barbecue. The plan was, it, it was before I knew the weather was going to be crazy yeah, yeah. like this, you know. Because um, I don't want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I, I kind of force myself to, because then I remember when it gets to winter, oh, fuck, it's cold. Yeah. What did I do in summer? Oh, I did nothing. Damn but, it. But, bitch, I'd just be jogging in the in the cold in winter, man. Good on you. Like the frost, I, I don't care. That's, that's when I'm jogging. Yeah, that's when I'm out because I, I love the cold. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because all, the, all the, the chub gets sucked in. That's right, mate. Go for a jog. That's right. Nipples stick out. Everything else goes in. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, what... Uh, 
pop culture have you been consuming this week, Luke? So I smashed Sex Education. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it came to the end of, of uh, the second season. Hmm. It sort of crept up on me because I was just plowing through it while I was doing other things. I, I still really recommend it. It's really, really good fun. But um, then that stopped. I was like, oh, what do I do now? And I just started on The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like that? I didn't watch it. I don't it's want to see really the Queen. Good. No, no. It's about a, a girl who's a chess player. Yeah, I don't want to see chess, dude. It's it's, it's the girl off New Mutants. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. It's really good. So the um, color is hyper, and so I think they've done it that way. So it sort of mimics the 1950s sort of um, ultra color sort of look. But it also looks very Tim Burtonish, if you right. can imagine that. So your primary colours, your greens and your reds and your blues, all you know, amped up. And there's a beautiful sort of gothic feel to it. And it's heavily stylized. Basically about a girl who winds up in an orphanage. And then she's odd. She's a little bit different. But um, she just naturally... Because she's a vavitch. No, 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 no. But same actress. Same actress. Yeah. But um, yep. she just finds that... Well, she finds out that everyone, like, their daily medication includes tranquilizers, and um, and then she has an affinity to the game of chess. And it's, it's very simple, very beautiful looking, and you really are in her corner because you want to see her succeed. Because, I mean, the, 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 she's got so much stacked against her before the opening scene. Is she... Is, is it a TV show or a movie? Oh, it's a six... It's an eight-episode miniseries. Yes, yeah, so, so it's based on okay. a book. Um, Heath Ledger was going to make it into a movie before he departed, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, now it's just a yeah. I think it's eight eight um, uh, episode yeah. miniseries. Okay. It's really great. So I got through two episodes of that. Yeah, I probably won't. Uh, well, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and oh, it's, it's 1960s, I think. Yeah. 1950s. So yeah. it's all beautiful. Like, I, I know I've seen the poster of it yeah. on Netflix as I've been scrolling. Okay, and the Queen's Gambit is a chess move. Ah, right. So, well, not move, but like a, a style of play. Yeah, okay. So it's almost like, you know how in basketball you've got like your set routines? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it is. Like, oh, she's going for the Queen's Gambit. Oh, she's playing this one. Yeah. So, yeah. My, my son showed me a chess tutorial on YouTube. Oh, right. Where it's like, because he, he likes to play chess. Good on it. I don't blame him. I don't know if I can... But he, he shows, I don't know about that. He shows this, he's, he's showing this tutorial and it goes, you know, you know, if white goes first, they move this pawn, then they move this pawn to counter that. And instead mm. of taking that pawn, you go over here and then the horse, the knight, can go around here and he thinks he's set you up for that just in time for you to get a tank and roll over the table. <laughs> yeah. like, Whoa, what the... That escalated quickly. Because I, I used to play it with friends all the time. Like, again, like last week I was talking about uh, my beach house. So we didn't have any TVs, we had AM radio. One summer, for whatever reason, we just got stuck into chess. And so it was funny because it was like, yep, yeah, 35 degrees back then was about as yeah. much as we could get. And um, we would just run to each other's houses. Like, we'd run across the beach to get each to each other's houses with a chess set. Yeah. And we had we didn't have strategies. We were thinking only like one the next move, yeah. The next move. But it's amazing to think that by the you know, before you sit down, you've got it all mapped out already. It's yeah. almost like computer coding. Yeah, yeah. You've got all these sorts of fail safes. Mm. And so once you go through, you know, these sort of predetermined game styles that's when it gets uh, tricky. Yeah. And once you get down to the brass nuts. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a fascinating game. But it's also good because it, it teaches you to use forethought yeah, and yeah. pre-visualisation. And 
Have you seen the movie, um... Ah, oh, Jet Li. Damn it. I think it was called... Yeah, Hero? So Jet Li faces off against Donnie Yen. Then they have this amazing fight sequence, like dancing on water and all that sort of stuff. And then it comes back to them just looking at each other. Yeah. And it's um, from the art of war that if you can't picture yourself winning, you've already lost. Yeah. You know, so you go through this pre-visualization. If you can't think of... If you can't see victory... You've already so why even bother? Shake hands and you know so that happens a lot in this game. They do a couple of uh, moves, go shit. No, I need, uh, no, I'm out. Then they then they throw the um, yeah. thing down. It's great. Okay, yeah. Um, and comics. So I remembered you saying. Well, I was actually listening to a previous podcast because all I listen to podcasts now is us, is us. and the movieclub.net. I can't <laughs> I can't stand listening to my own voice. Yeah, I, oh, I think we're hilarious. I do. I like it. But um. <clears throat> I forgot that we mentioned three jokers. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know why, like, uh, yeah, that was it. So um, I'm in a bit of a black hole in terms of what to watch on, you know, Netflix or whatever now. And then I just really just felt like reading a comic book. And I thought, oh, yeah, three jokers. Read it. Amazing. Amazing. Have you read it? All three chapters? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. Well, amazing in the sense that, I mean, I think it's ridiculous to have more than one Joker. That's just ridiculous. But I didn't realise it was a semi-sequel to The Killing Joke yeah. and also a Death in the Family. I loved how it all lined up. But um, And the artwork. Holy hell, Batman looks like he's from 1989. Yeah. It's crazy. And the artwork looks like it's from The Killing Joke, but it's not the same artist. Yeah, yeah. So they've done a really good job. It's almost like if you were a fan of that you know, multiverse, that version of these characters, that's like the end cap on it. And that'll be that, that and you just go, right, that's it, that's done. Yeah. You know? So I actually enjoyed it for that. But I think, yeah, this this idea of more than one Joker, I think waters down the whole point of the Joker. Well but then I thought the same thing at first. Mm. But and again this is spoilers, spoilers, guys, 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 because because the third issue has been last now, so And we told you a couple of Weeks yeah. ago, we we're going to be talking You've about You've had it. your chance. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous to set up three Jokers. Mm-hmm. It, it was like an episode of bloody... I can't even think. The A-Team. No, not even the A-Team. Um, the thing was, they, they set this thing up. Hey, there's three freaking Jokers, mm-hmm. right? This explains for the different personalities we get, we've had over the history of Batman. And the different looks. Yeah, different looks, different, different Jokers. Yeah. Just to kill two of them off and be back to one Joker again. Yeah, You've got, then, we, we've got one Joker. Hey, everyone, everyone, three, <clears throat> three Jokers now. Then you, three issues later, they've killed off the other two yeah. and there's just one Joker left. And also, oh, it doesn't really matter if there's more than one or if there's just one. And so it doesn't matter what his real name is. Well, but isn't that but isn't that typical comic book stuff though? Well, like the, I think it's shitty comic book stuff. <laughs> it's it's shitty Doctor Who stuff, and that's the reason yeah. I stopped watching Doctor Who was because there was a season where it's the mysterious girl. Yeah. How is Doctor Who saying? How do I know this woman now in today's time? Mm. And but I also know her from back in the fifteen hundreds, and it's the same girl, but she doesn't remember each of their lives. Mm. There was this big mystery that ran like two seasons long, and then at the end of the season, I said, it doesn't matter who she is. Uh, you know what I mean? And uh, I was just like, fuck you. You know, you hook me in for this story, yeah. and then you tell me it doesn't matter. So, again, same as R.I.P. Batman. Yes. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Don't yep. set me up for something. You but know what I mean? Isn't that what comic books are all about? Like, you know the hero is never going to die. 
and it all comes out back to the status quo. So you can't change things too much because you can't move away from what's set out for future stories. But I agree with you because this is the black label edition, mm. right? And so that's when you can do anything you really want. Yeah. So I get it. But and, and also, like, just ramping up. Wow, free jokers. It's like um, Game of Thrones. The best thing in the world. Blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, when they failed to impress, they back off and go, hey, it's just a TV show. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? If you said, hey, guys, it's just a TV, just a TV show. show. Here's season one. You, you, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I didn't like. I didn't like them setting this up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, actually, it was in the first issue that one of them was killed, wasn't it? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, I, yeah. could, I could tell from there that it was going downhill. That's right, because um, Red Hood killed him. Yes. <clears throat> You know, and then Joker it, killed the other Joker, and you're just like, but in why terms, are you taking me on this journey? Well, because in terms of um, the char- all characters, three of them anyway, well, all of them, when you think about the Jokers as well, they're all damaged psychologically, physically, and this um, comic book series deals with that, but also almost like um, heals and resolves those characters, and um, I thought it was quite, quite good. Like, Batman finally has a resolution to the murder of his parents. Yeah. Um, Red Hood, he gets rid of the Joker that half beat him to death. And um, Barbara Gordon, she was like the strongest, best character and not in a tokenistic way in the whole thing. Yeah. She was like straight up. She was almost like the partner that Batman sort of said, yeah, you're better than, than Jason mm. ever was. And, um, and she, through hard determination, got herself physically yep. together and she's the moral compass for all of them. Yeah, even look, though she's I... got the... She's got the best excuse to kill one of those jokers anyway. Yeah, yeah. and I, and look, and I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I agree on that. Um, but you know, let's let's just shake things up, man. Let's yeah. you know. They never do. They never do. What if you had um, Red Hood kills the Joker, mm. but now that he's actually point blank murdered someone, mm. um, the other Joker. He becomes that Joker's Robin, well, or something. That's what they kind of mucked around with, but well, then they pulled they it didn't. short. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because like, I thought, oh my god, this would, this is like a Wicker Man. They're setting him up to becoming the new Joker, yeah. then they pull their punch because, like, that was like um, you know the second arc in the three act structure. Yeah. And they pulled it back because they know they had to get back to the status quo. Mm. I also liked how they showed that the um, the perspective of the Joker in the Killing Joke isn't necessarily the truth. Like, I hate the idea and how people say, oh, this is my truth. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hate that. Like, because um, there's, only, there's only one truth, and that is the truth. But I do understand that's a clumsier way of saying we've all got our own perspectives, you know? And so the killing joke is all from the perspective of that joker. Yeah. But then we see from this one, oh, it wasn't a bad day that snapped him, that broke him. He was always a bit of a yeah. bastard, yeah. you know? And then... And then also to see that Batman, even though we understood that um, with him physically creating the Joker, that sort of set everybody's lives in a bit of a spiral and this tragedy that they're all involved in, he actually sacrificed everyone's happiness for the Joker's wife and daughter, uh, wife and son. Yeah. That's like, that's more noble and that's, that's heroic as opposed to him just being a colossal fuck-up. Mm. You know, and so I think that's really quite solid because... From my um, love of Batman, I, I think he's a hero. 
Yep, yep. straight up. Yep. Because that's, I don't like this nasty Frank Miller Batman, where he enjoys violence. Yeah. He's almost like using what happened to him in his past as an excuse to, to be a prick. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> this way, it, it's realigning the past history anyway to make Batman back on top as a hero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, you make some good points, uh, I, I guess. There's... My expectations were very low. Yeah. So. I, I guess there's a reason that, you know, once you've been reading superhero comics for 25 years, you get tired of just seeing the same thing over and over again. I get you, man. I mean, and that's why I don't really dip into um, long-form continuity. I mm. like these one-offs or mature graphic, design, um, graphic novels. Yeah. But that's why... I mean, I thought Three Jokers, because they were sort of hinting at it in the normal continuity. Yep. I thought it was in the normal continuity. That's why I backed off it. Mm. But then when I saw it was a black issue... Black issue? Black label. Black label. It sounds... Pornographic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's why I thought. Well, oh, do you remember the book? very first Black Label comic? Yeah, Joker, wasn't it? No, no. Oh. It was uh, Batman Damaged, and you got to see the Batwang. Oh, but and that was a sequel so... to Joker. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't, bitch. Hmm. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't see the Batwang. Did you see Batwang? I, 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 I really looked. I bought the issue. Oh, okay. Right? And there was Batwang. There was, there was. Batwang outline. Nice, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I gave that issue to Nathan, my brother Nathan, and I said, "Dude, yeah, bag and board this some bitch because it's going to be worth something one day." <laughs> right. So I don't know if he did because it was it was straight after that that right. DC went nuts and said, "No, no, no more <laughs> Batwang." There were, you know, any reprints of this book, you're scribbling out Batwang. Jesus. Right. Yeah. So he's got a first print edition with Batwang. Yeah, somewhere in the kitchen cupboard. Yeah, it's like yeah. under his mattress or something. Was it that overt? Was it just no. like a shape? I mean, it was it, it was just a shape and it wasn't, you know what I mean? But the thing is, and and people talk about, you know, the sexualization of of characters in comic books. Like they they always were. I mean, yeah. I remember reading a reading a book about how <clears throat> even back in the early days, I mean, that's the reason why they had skin-tight suits, you know, male and female, was because they said, in really compri- compromising poses, they said, listen, we're selling sex. Mm. This is just sex. Yeah. We're checking capes on whatever. But, you know, we for years we've had really, really busty ladies and very skimpy stuff, very yeah. tight, and then revealing outfits, and, um, and the outline of the nipple is pretty much always there, even yeah. though you don't see it. Yeah. The outline's fucking there. So when you see a little bit of Batwang, hmm. no. Yeah. Give it a pass. Well, that was the thing. You know, editorial over there. Right. Apparently, apparently the week that that issue dropped, some new editor started, editor-in-chief started at DC. Right. And they were like, Batman's for kids. Why are you showing Batwang? It's out there, buddy. Yeah. What's he going to do? Put, put, a, put a fig leaf on it? Yeah, look, I don't know. Because uh, 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 the scene was, he'd just come back into his Batcave in the Batmobile. Yep. And he gets out, he's had a long night, right. and just as he's walking from the Batmobile, he's taking his bat suit off, leaving yeah. it behind for Alfred. Alfred to come clean up. And that's all it is. You know what I mean? And it's, he's mostly in shadow. You know what would, would piss me off is if he then sat down naked at the bat computer. Because that would get my ODC, uh, OCD playing up a bit. <laughs> oh, bat nuts and ass on that leather you know, seat. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I'd buy a seat with bat nuts. So what's your, uh, what have you been looking this week? Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with Comicsgate? A little bit, but um, not, I'm not com- confident with it. Yeah, it okay. was basically 
like angry nerd boys against a, a female. It, it, yeah, it, and it yeah. depends who you ask with what yeah, means yeah. what, right? Um, I bring this up because I learned this week that an indie comic that I support, um, the creator considers himself Comicsgate. What does that mean? Okay, so Comicsgate is this collection of comic book fans. Mm. Um, Personally, I think they're fucking wankers. I go on record as saying fucking (laughs) wankers. They claim they're all just about making sure comics have good stories. Yes. And part of the, the, the agenda of making sure comic books have good stories is not having a black Captain America, not having a female Wolverine, not having female editors, not having um, a, a political agenda in comics. So they just want their straight-up stories. They, they don't want to see what they perceive as being, like, tokenistic and um, yeah. political. Yeah. All right. Which I say fuck you because, mm. you know... Captain America fought Nazis from day one. Superman fought Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they've fought um, you know, Russians in the Cold War. They've fought... Yeah, you it's know, a reflection of life. Comic books have been political since day one. Anyway, yeah, also, so Comicsgate yeah. has been... We call them a hate group. Right. All right? Because they bully female creators. They, yeah, you know, just try and tear down everything that just doesn't suit them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've been collecting this comic book um, based on a public domain comic, um, Six Gun Gorilla. Yes. Okay, so a cowboy... Six guns. Gorilla. Right. Um, Hang on, does he have six guns? Well, no, he's got two six shooters. So, kind of, you know... But... um, Kind of pissing me off. I love the character. He's in the public domain, right? Which means anyone can do anything with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm throwing around an idea to do a Six Gun Gorilla comic book, which sure. would be the third one out this, this since two thousand. Yeah, right. Okay, um, Boom Studios or was it IDW? Boom Studios did um, like a Brave Star style. You know, it's it's it's, it's a science fiction future yep. sort of um, cowboy story. Then this independent guy's done this really good. <laughs> Gorilla, um, Six Gun Gorilla comic, which I've been supporting. God damn it! And, um, and now you're just kind of scared. Well, but that's the thing, and, and it's and it's like he pimped the next issue is going to be Comicsgate crossover oh. with, with Doctor Such and Such and Doctor Such and Such. So he's crossing over with a couple of other books created by people who identify as Comicsgate. Oh, right. And so I didn't I didn't know this, you know, mm. which is tough because it's a good fucking book, right? And and but. And he, he said, uses that language. Yep. It's going to be a comic skate. So that's almost yep. like saying, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a. This is going to be a hate group crossover." Kind of, yeah. yeah okay. You know, this is an anti-fire crossover. Yeah. This is a Nazi crossover. Yeah. And look, the people defend comic skate by saying, "Yeah, there's some badasses in there who are dickheads, but most of us are good." Nah. You know. Yeah. Anyone out there who can... This is for anyone out there who labels themselves Comicsgate. And I'm, look, and I don't care if you voted for Trump. I don't care if you voted for Biden. This is not what I'm talking about. If you identify as the group Comicsgate, let me explain it to you really simply. Mm-hmm. Okay? I used this analogy again when they were um, in Melbourne at the football. They were booing um, good 
Yeah, Goods. Goods, yeah, yeah the football player, yeah, the, the, yeah. the Aboriginal guy, where they were saying, oh, look, we were just booing him because we don't like him, not because we're racist. Mm. Those guys are racist, but we were just booing him because we don't like him. So this is the exact same analogy I used, right? Yeah. If you're down the park, right, lovely day, you're having a mad ghost party. Right, you're all dressed up in ghosts, <laughs> like ghosts. You all got sheets over you. Yeah. You all got white sheets over you, and you're dressed as ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. And then the KKK start a rally at the same park, right? Yeah. Are you still going to hold your ghost party there, and and just not do anything and let the KKK dressed up as white ghosts yeah. with hoods share your space, or, right? Or also, if they're going to be shouting horrible things, are you going to start shouting horrible things? But that's what I mean. Are you either going to take your ghost costume off and say, get the fuck out of here, we booked this area for our sick ghost party, (laughs) right? You're not welcome, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to pack up and go home because these people are despicable to you? Yeah. Right? You can't identify as a group and say, look, we just want great comics, but these guys who also identify as Comics Gate is a hate group. Mm. You know, you can't just say, look, we just boo him because we don't like him, whereas these guys who are sitting right next to us are booing him because they're racist. Oh, it's, a, it's an ideology that you, that, you, that you agree with and you follow. So you could be a nice guy, but unfortunately you believe in this thing that's um, you know, yeah. really horrible. Again, I think it was last week we were discussing Nazis with a heart of gold. Yeah. I'm sorry, to me it doesn't exist. No. So if you identify as comics gate mm. and you acknowledge that there are people in your group who, who hate, who, who are a hate group, mm. you know, your job is to distance yourself from it, not lean into it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, so that excuse doesn't hold up for me. Yeah. Okay? Like I said, if, I, if, I'm down, if it's Halloween and I'm down the park with my kids and we're ghost partying and then uh, you know, KKK rally starts right near us, they look just like us. We're all dressed in white. We're all having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Right? But it's my job... To either distance myself from them, tell them to get fucked, yeah. or pack up and have my ghost party at another park. Yeah. Same with your comics, oh. you know? So but, but also, that's my comics this week. But also, it's very disingenuous because you, you, you've got this fellow who's trying to... It's almost like, he, in a, in a sick way, he's just trying to play both sides to get a wider audience. Yeah. You know? Like, ah, oh, and that's the whole point of having a crossover. But you, you're selling your soul and dipping over into this other area yeah. just for money, you know? So that's, that's pretty sick as well. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, man, those Comicscape guys, fuck, they make a lot of money on Indiegogo. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know what I so, mean? Like it's you know, so this guy could say, oh, no, I don't believe in their I- ideology. I just want all the money. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine then, dickhead. Um, mm. wh- I mean, the, the idea that their argument is we just want good stories, but good stories can't come from women and can't include female characters, uh, multicultural characters, um, uh, different uh, sexuality as well, mm-hmm. right? So they just want old school shit, and they want to keep it like that. They want their their white blonde. Muscle. Are these guys in an older group, or I, age doesn't even come into? I it? don't think. I think it started in an age group like ours, right? Um, you know, thirty five, forty five. I don't like how everything's changing. Yeah, yeah. but I think, you know, I mean, hate spreads. You know. Yep. And um, but it also it's it's. 
from a, I mean, you know, I mean, one one of the places it comes from, I think, is um, fear of of not being relevant anymore. Because, like, you know, they were king dicks for a long time, yeah. and, and the world's changing around them, yeah. and they don't like it. And this is the only place that they can stake their claim. Yeah. Like, my fucking comic books mm. from when I was a 10-year-old. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. So that's my comic books this week. That sucks. That's so disappointing. Well, yeah, I is. hope your uh, gorilla six-shooter thing <laughs> blasts this thing out of the water. I, I'll give you a tease of what I, what I want to do with it. But it's going to be just a one-shot at this point. It's yep. going to be called Six-Gun Gorilla, Three Deputies. Right. Right? And what it is, it's going to have be Wyatt Earp. <laughs> one cup. No. Yes. Yes, three deputies, one cup. So it's going to be Wyatt Earp, right? Yeah. He's He's got a convict that he needs to uh, transport to Capital City to be tried. Right. Oh, no, that's not. What's the city? What's, this the, what, what's that famous cowboy city? Oh, Utah. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, but he, he needs to transfer this... Convict. This convict, this yeah. fucking bush... Uh, not bush ranger, outlaw. Right. On a train to the city so he can stand trial, right? But this outlaw isn't just any old outlaw. He's an unusual and strange outlaw, so he needs unusual and strange deputies, you know, a monster to catch a monster type thing. That's awesome. Um, the outlaw's name is Kid Cthulhu, so he's basically Billy the Kid but with tentacles. Nice. Right? Um, and then, so Wyatt Earp goes and recruits Six-Gun Gorilla, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, and that's where the story starts. But he's already recruited his two other deputies. One of them's Ned Kelly, right? Okay. So he rescued Ned Kelly before he was hung because they, they actually lived the same lifetime. Wyatt Earp and Ned Kelly. That's crazy. I researched it? a bitch. That's crazy. And um, <clears throat> so I'm going to write in that it wasn't him that got hung in mm. Australia, and instead he nicked off to America. Good on. Um, and then the other characters, like the other characters, this character I've come up with called the um, the Naked Cowboy, and he's. But he's a ghost, right? Yeah. But all you can see on him is the belt with the guns, the hat, and the boots. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> and so he's the naked cowboy. So he, he, he gets this ghost, he gets Ned Kelly, and he gets Six-Gun Gorilla. And they've got to ride this train with the convict to get him to the place where he is. And then they get um, attacked by... I'm not going to tell you. Okay. And so that's just going to be the one shot, 32 pages. This is awesome. It, uh, it reminds me of that, uh, well, you know, movie. I think it was a remake of a movie. Uh, train, train to U- Utani, the 310 to Utani. And it was Christian Bale trying to get Russell Crowe onto this damn train. Yeah, 310 to... Y something. That's a I, really good movie. Ben Foster. Who's that? Oh, yeah, he's Greatest great. actor in the history of mankind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Angel from the X-Men movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But, no, not, not take away from your story, but um, I, I just love when you go into the cowboy samurai type of thing, um, there's all these, all, you know, it's a, you know, it's a sandpit yeah. of all these different things that you just, that you just use. Yeah. yeah. So the gist of the story is going to be on the train. Cool. When they get it tacked by That'd be easy to draw, you just sitting down. Yeah. For about 20 panels. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. then just guns. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Who's they, doing the art? I, I don't know yet. I've, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm trialling a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't told them I'm trialling them. I'm just, I'm just paying them to do little art gigs Tidbits. here and there and so I can yep. check them out and that. Cool. Um, are you doing a Kickstarter for this one? Um, look, I, I haven't even finished writing it yet. Yeah, right. So um, I will eventually. That's, cool. that's basically how I raise the funds to get them printed up and that, so... Yep. I think it could be very cool. You've sold me. This sounds good. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
TV, movies. I I started watching this movie. I mm. thought it was an alien abduction movie. Because oh. you, know you know how that scares me. That's the one yeah. thing that I'm scared of. Well, then why would you be watching it? Because it's good to be terrified occasionally. Um, well, no, you know? I, it's, it's nice to be scared, but not traumatically traumatised, you know. It's funny, because when I watch a movie like that, like a... Not a comedy, but like you know, a drama about mm. an abduction. It's funny if I wake up in the night and I need to go to the toilet, I just fucking I walk and I turn every light on on the way. Is this? Is it the probing that you just don't? No, it's just the not being able to understand them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, like, it's not the rape. It's like, just not being able to talk about it. I'm down for a little bit of uh, butt play if sure, you follow me. But sure. um, but like you know, a, a serial killer. Okay, that's just a that's a fucked up human, you know, Bigfoot, um, you know, even demons. You can understand their motivation. Is there evil? They want to drag you to hell, you know. Okay. But what the fuck is with the aliens? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> What's their plan? Exactly. Okay. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> alien, you know, aliens yeah. from aliens. Yeah. I understand them. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But they're not probing anyone. They're not taking no. people from their beds and probing them. They're a predator. Yeah, I can understand that because it's basically a, a monster. He's it's a hunter. A film. Yeah, yeah, he's a hunter. You know. Yeah. But um, alien abduction movies. It's just like why? What? What's happening? I'm why giving you my wallet. What else do you yeah, want? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, like yeah. When they keep stabbing you and you're giving them their wallet, you're like <laughs> okay, and then stab, stab, stab again. <laughs> have you seen Fire in the Sky? That was a Christopher I Walken one. Yes, yeah. yes, I have. Yes, yes. No, Christopher Walken's one was. Ah. Oh. Communion. Communion. Ah, so you've seen all these, though. I've seen that. Right. Um, I haven't seen Fire in the Sky. I've looked for it, but I can't find it anywhere. Maybe it's on YouTube now. I might have. I'll I'll have a look tonight. This is fascinating. Um, The Fifth Kind. Right. Okay. Milojovovich. Ah. It's told in the form of a documentary. Yeah. Where and Milijov- the movie starts and Milojovovic says, this is a true story, it's a documentary. The scenes with me in it are us just filling the gaps between the the girl that was abducted talking to her psychiatrist. Ooh. Right, so you, you have this other woman acting and talking to the psychiatrist about, oh, I had this dream, whatever, whatever, mm. and then it cuts to her walking home and it's Milojovovic walking home. Yeah. And then some shit will happen and then she's back at a psychiatrist and it's that actor and... Yeah, Okay. But fuck that. Uh, <laughs> after that, dude, that was the worst one where I was like, and I remember it was either last summer or the summer before. So mm. the front doors are locked, but it's the fly screen that's locked, not the whole door. Yeah. And then as I'm walking and I look out the fly screen, I'm like, was that an alien? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'm closing all my curtains because yeah. it's like, even though the windows are open to try, uh, the, yeah, the fly screen's there, but we're yeah. trying to get cool area. And I was like, Oh, and I'm peeing and I'm looking out the window in case an alien pops up or something. <laughs> um, so what was the movie the other night that you were watching? It was called Dark Places. Right. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> well, let's think. I, I heard it was a good. I heard it was a good alien abduction movie. Right. Um, but Dark Places is probably there's probably four different movies with that title. Do well, I can think of a really rude one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, involved with probing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't an abduction movie. What was it? It was a murder mystery movie. Oh. Charlize Theron. Yes. So I, when I was going through my Vin Diesel um, thing over the shack, I picked up Dark Places. Didn't watch it. How was it? I watched the first half. Oh. 
I'm really keen. But what happened in the second half? No, look, I got to work. And <laughs> I got a <laughs> job. To do, man. I got a job, dude. Yeah, okay. Um, that was good though. Um, yeah, but the, the cast was just stellar. Let's see if I can remember. You've got Charlie Saren. Mm-hmm. You've got the boy from Ready Player One. Oh yeah, Drooping Drooperson. Yep. Now he plays her sister, her brother, when they were younger, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got Chesty Larue. That we like from um, the redhead with the big boobs. Oh, uh, Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Right. You've got Hit Girl. Yeah, cool. Chloe. Chloe. Yep. Got yep. it. You've got that Aussie boy who played Hemsworth. No, nah, who played Beast on the new X Men movies. He played. Oh. He played Nug in Mad Max. Oh, what a day! He's what a Aussie. beautiful He's day! British. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, so it's got him in it He's as well. Good. Yep. It's just this mad cast, you know. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And when did it come out? Because it, I, I completely missed it. 95. Uh, no, 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 no. I tell a lie. 2015. Yeah. See, I'd never even heard of it. Um, and that's why I thought, oh, this looks good. And it got a lot of rewards. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, and, and what the story is, is she was the only survivor of her family being murdered one night. Oof. Right? Um, her and her brother. Right. Right. But her brother went away for it, right? Part of the satanic panic. He goes He goes to jail. Yeah, right. There's not a lot of evidence and stuff. And she is always just... It's, it was him. Mm. I saw it. It was him. Mm. And then she meets the Beast Boy. Yep. Right? And he has, like, these little true crime convention things and they have a, a, a fan group who try and figure out crimes and mm. so she's she's um running out of money someone ghost wrote a book for her and she was living off that but now she's got nothing left she's you know 35 or something yep and um and so she she agrees to go to this thing because he, he's going to pay her to come and talk to the group and all this sort of stuff mm. but then they they start giving her theories and then she starts looking into it and I've just gotten up to the bit where she's kind of oh, unsure she's... whether it's the brother anymore. Yeah, right. You know, um, and it's it's really, it's it's, it's good. Like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like a, a, a drama, you know what I mean? No. Not that I don't like them, but I mean, it's not just something that I would go looking for. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, I was looking to have the shit scared out of me by aliens <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'm 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 really enjoying it. It's it's well written, well acted. Um. I'm I'm the same. Like you know, if it's if it's the end of the work day or if it's Friday Saturday night, goofy comedies I'm all for. Superheroes, give me that. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. yeah. But like like goofy wacky comedies, yeah, like yeah. superhero movie, I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, dramas that that's why I really like going to the Palace Cinema. Yeah. Because um, I just go all right. Give me something because yeah. left to my own devices again. That feeling, I, w- I don't want to feel like watching Schindler's yeah. List ever again in my life. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't want to put myself through that sort of thing, but I do it to find something new, yeah. challenge myself. You know, and you're right. Like, not necessarily a drama, but a murder mystery is always good. But then you have a murder mystery drama, which is like, oh god, this isn't fun. Yeah, this is hard hitting. Yeah, oh, this has got a lot of aspects. It's not very commercial. Yeah, you know, like, um, but what? sounds interesting to me here is the fallibility of memory but that's you know so you're looking back at something thinking oh hang on a second i'm questioning my own memory but also my own trauma yeah because 
shit, maybe I did something that I forgot about, mm. or maybe there's a whole other aspect. Yeah, and that's that's definitely what I was picking up on in the first half of this movie, where I was yeah. like, yeah, because she was like six at the time, mm. eight, maybe ten, something like that. She was yeah. a little kid, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, and as you know, if you've if you've seen documentaries on the Satanic Panic and the Westchester Three, when you say that, what does that mean? That was where, like, and and this is why I say I was raised in one step shy of a cult, right? (laughs) Is because the Pentecostal Church um, was just seeing the devil everywhere, right? right? Okay, if you were listening to. Um, heavy metal. Heavy metal. I was trying to think of a specific... I nearly said Bon Jovi. Because I've been listening to a lot of Bon Jovi this week. Um, <laughs> I think you're safe if you're listening yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Bon but, you know, if you're listening to Dio, if you're listening to uh, Metallica, Metalhead... Pantera. Yeah, all of that. It was satanic. If you played right. Dungeons and Dragons, the devil was there. Harry Potter. What the fuck? That in America, because you're dealing with witches yeah. and all that? No, nah, you're not allowed to do it. Like how ridiculous! Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. but in the, in the eighties, um, it was hardcore. Yeah, okay. everything was the devil, um, and you know, people started to look up some documentaries, man, because it's fascinating oh, okay. and so upsetting. Um, yeah, the West Westminster Three. I was about to say that. Yeah, that, that that's fascinating because I saw a movie with Colin Firth and um, and uh, 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 Legally Blonde. Reese Witherspoon, that look into that, and the movie's not that great, but it piqued my interest to see these three documentaries yeah. about the, and that's crazy. Um, and Just what because was that these called? kids Lost hair. or something? Yeah. Well, and, but one of them was a dickhead, right? Well, but being a dickhead is not enough to put someone on death row because mm. you know he he was young enough and innocent enough to believe that the legal system would sort this out. So the whole long of the way, he's like, yeah, I fucking Satan, man. Of course I fucking killed them. Fucking Satan. Because he knew there was no evidence because he didn't do it. Mm. But everyone was so scared. Politicians, church leaders, you know, police force, detectives, teachers, everyone was so out of control Mm. believing this human sacrifice satanic stuff Mm. that they... um, they were just so scared. They didn't want evidence. Okay, he said he did. Let's get him to fuck. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> Isn't that crazy? Again, talking about ideology, you know, like um, having that as a, as a almost like a, a base belief. Can bitch, can we were not allowed to watch the Smurfs when we were kids. Why? Because Galgamesh is a fucking wizard. Well, he is. That's why he's a bad guy. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, Okay. This is what I'm talking about, man. Like, that's... a lot of shit like that where it was just like, no. But that's it. It can go through so many levels of society. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's why I guess there's such a move against um, religions and schools well, that's and right. politics. Yeah. And blah. But it's also the... You'd have to think the individual's at fault as well for believing this type of rubbish. Which type of rubbish? Uh, satanic, the satanic panic. You know, oh. that well, video yeah. games are going to make you into a, into a mass murderer. Yeah. And, and look, and it's still around... At a much more subtle level today, oh, yeah. like you said with Harry Potter and stuff, you yeah. know, where it's just like, you know, and the church I used to go to, like that, they would still be preaching that shit. Oh, mm. don't let your kids watch Harry Potter. So now in this movie, Charlie's there on is recognizing that, and well, then looking back, thinking, oh, hang on a second, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we don't know what's happened yet, but she's just started to doubt her own memory and her own story. Yeah, it's crazy. Like just talking about memory, because I um. 
I'd have it in my mind that you know yeah. um, something had happened. Then I go past like old text messages and things. And it's nuts. It's like reading something new for the first time. Yeah. I go, oh, oh, and and that's it shakes you because you think, oh, I could. I thought I could. Um, guarantee my own story, yeah. my own. But you know, I mean, there's there's a thing in um, psychology called scripting. Yep. And we sort of develop our own script as we go. Yeah. You know, and there's 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 uh, it's involved in sort of like healing yourself from trauma. But from um, a practical point of view, like every day we're rewriting our own story, yeah. popping ourselves in the position as the protagonist yep. and yep. sometimes the hero. Yep. Um, but to then look at it from the different point of view, it can be confronting. And it can actually, and I hate to use the word, be paradigm shifting. Yeah. Because then you start thinking, oh, shit, if I thought that, the whole thing is going to fall down in a sack of cards. Yeah. So that's why you have to be a little bit open to the X factor that you're not completely in control of everything and um, everything that you can see isn't necessarily the, the right perspective. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and I've even said it to you before, I feel like I'm the only person in the world who even humors the idea that I could be the bad guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. everyone else has got their just. No, I'm the hero. Yeah, they done this to me. I'm the victim. Whereas mm-hmm. I, you know, but but and it's true what you're saying about we rewrite our memories because I've told the story about how me and Abby named Hector. Yeah, he's 16 now. I've been telling the story, and then I was talking to Abby about it just this year, well, mm. last year. <laughs> oh God! And she's like, "That's not how it happened at all." Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, I remember you were in hospital. You weren't quite in labour yet. I was bored, so I went to the movies and I watched Troy. Yeah. And Eric Banner's character was called Hector. I came back after the movie and I said, we're calling our boy Hector. And she goes, that's not how it fucking happened at all. She goes, do you think that if I was in hospital in labour that I'd let you go to the movies for three and a half hours because that's a long-ass movie? She goes, that's not how it fucking happened. Okay. You know? And I was like, well, how did it happen? And she tells this totally different story, and, I, and it, which makes a lot more sense. Is this in front of Hector? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I've, been, I've been telling Hector this movie, this, this, this story forever. You, you name me after the guy that Brad Pitt kills. Yeah. No, he kills Brad Pitt. Isn't he the one that Hector, slashes... Eric Banner? Eric Banner gets slaughtered by Brad Pitt. Did he? Fuck yeah. Wow. Actually, no. Jesus Christ, poor Hector. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he was a badass. No, no, he... Gets... No, he went down like a champ, though. That was a thing. No, that was a thing. He didn't go like a fucking... No, but he... I, I'd call my son Achilles. If, if I was in that situation, but um, but so but then Achilles got an arrow through his foot. And he's like, ah, ah. so you got memory, but then trauma, yeah, and that's gonna and that's not even a memory that changed due to trauma or changed due no. to me being a victim or anything like that. That's that just, just a fucking memory. But also, you can look into Chinese, Chinese whispers in the same room, yeah, you know all that type of thing. But then, then you, when you have trauma and and how you get over that at the time, um, it, it can skew you completely off. In terms of memory and um, and constructing your own past and and just to keep yourself going because your mind automatically does things just to keep you going. It's a bit like um, you know uh, Professor Xavier. 
yep. popping those blocks into, what's her name? Uh, Jean Grey. Yeah, in her head, just to keep her going forward. And we do that every day as well. Um, because otherwise, if you wake up in the morning and just think, oh, yeah, remember all that shit that I did? Yeah. I feel terrible. And yeah. then you just, yeah, you're in a slump. You, you just know. don't get out of bed. No, your brain sort of just blocks things. Remember that time, you... that time I stole money off mum? Yeah, yeah, when I was nine. Um, but that's it. So your brain's doing that automatically. So when trauma hits, you go into a different place, yeah. you come back when you're okay-ish, and you keep on trucking. Yeah. And it's only really when you get a little bit older, when you look at um, your life and things aren't firing. And it's a bit like I was saying before about... Um, you know, we've all got, um, uh, you know, mental issues, but it's only once these symptoms disrupt your everyday life yeah. and you have to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and this is me not seeing even the Charlie Theron movie, but it, um, but it's interesting. Like, once that happens, that's when you, in the movies, go to a therapist and they go back to the time of trauma and yeah. try and fix it at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting. interesting. And that's what I love about those sorts of psychological yeah. movies. Yeah. I'm saying movies because I've got no idea about real life. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I was just thinking, look at the big brains on us who've never studied psychology. I have. <laughs> you I have? have? Yeah, oh, okay. I've got all my books down there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I was going to. Just it's didn't, not the same. Just didn't get around to <laughs> it. Didn't get around to it. Um, it's good fun. Yeah, and I've been listening to a lot of Bon Jovi. Why? Why Bon? Why now? Yeah. It's funny, like, sometimes when I come through cycles of the seasons, I, I get onto Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got great memories of the summer when that um, one hot minute drops. And so, yeah, when it's a hot summer's day, I chuck that on. Actually, no, I just figured it out. Yeah. Young Guns too. Right. Right, Bon Jovi. Yeah. Because I've got this idea, you know, this cowboy thing yeah. going on in my head. Um so yeah, psychology. So listening to Young Guns too, and then he's more cowboy songs like "Living in Sin." Um, uh, get a little bit more twang in the guitar. Yeah, yeah you know. Yes. So uh, yeah, it's been fucking good. That's cool. That's cool. You're dipping into um, those sorts of um, you know subconscious sort of um, you know um, prods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, all right, I reckon that's just about it for this half. Yeah, cool. All right, guys, uh, stick around. Listen to uh, a, a message from a sponsor. There might not even be one. Goods and or services. Goods and or services. Um, and we'll be right back to talk about... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, issue number 11. This is a Turtle Boy podcast. Hello, friends. I'm musician, singer-songwriter, and music nerd Charlie John. I host a music-based podcast called Mad Sound Radio, where I interview friends of mine who are singers, songwriters, music producers, and many more in the music industry about their craft and how they honed it. New interview episodes are available wherever you get podcasts every Wednesday morning, and video of each episode is uploaded on our YouTube page at the very same time. In high quality. We also host a Writer's Roundtable live once a month on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch pages, where myself and three or four others will play our original music and then chat for a while afterwards. Check out our Facebook page to learn more about when we go live, and check out madsoundradio.com to join our newsletter. Once again, that's madsoundradio.com. Thanks so much. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Well, welcome back from um, that advert, and I really hope you uh, take them up on their product and or service. I know I will, Tim. 
I love these ads. They're so good. God, we're ridiculous. Um, Okay, so before we get into the comic, the second half of the podcast is brought to you by Pure Blonde Ultra Low Carb Lager, 80% less carbohydrates. Cheers, sir. Cheers, my friend. Not quite as smooth as our lucky Buddha. No, a little bit of a little bit of a bitterness to it. I was about to say a little bit that. of a bitter hit at the end. Yeah, yeah. I went on a wine. But story. these are the sacrifices we must make: low carb beer instead of fat Buddha beer. Absolutely, I think I think it's a good initiative. We'll see. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> yeah, I like this idea of like you know what is it 80 percent less carbs than what than, than a regular beer. So a regular—that's a standard, is it? We got like regular beers that have, because uh, I know 100% we have percent re- carbs. When you're drinking <laughs> beer, you're drinking 100 percent liquid carbs. Right. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Look, I don't know, dude. I, I just, I just got to trust that they're not lying to us. Mm. You know. I um I do like tasting beers now these days. I went on a um, winery tour with my parents back in back in Adelaide, and I had a had a wine. And I said, ah, oh, that was flat. My mum said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's no journey. There's no start, middle, and end. She went, oh. And then she tried it. She goes, I agree. Yeah. And so with this, you do. Like, it's, it's fine, but then it gets that bitter. And aftertaste makes it sound like it comes too far down. Mm. But at the end, it gives it a little bit of a kick. Yeah. So you just have to keep on drinking. Mm, that's <laughs> right. It's like a high school relationship. <laughs> What? Well, How? Th- things are sweet for a little while, then there's yeah. a bit of a kick in the guts, and then you've got to move on. Then, well, there's uh, you can't appreciate the sweet value bitter. So there you go. Touche. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's get into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 11. Absolutely. So, first printing, June 1987. <clears throat> right. Number of story pages, 38. 38. So again, we're in between 36 and 40 pages for these things. Yep. Cover, Kevin Eastman. So there we go. So again, that would include everything you see. Yes, yeah. Okay. Color, pencils, inks. Great. Now my cover. Fizzy hair. My cover is just as we've discovered the last few weeks, um, that they're a nice, you know, front page, back page spread. Mm. Mine is just the front page with April O'Neil and two of the turtles. What a shame. Why is that? So it can fit nicer on a mobile phone. I think so. Okay. All right. You're which, missing yeah, out I, on two yeah. turtles and Casey Jones. And Casey. Yeah. Which, when I'm looking at your <clears throat> one, chef's kiss. Fantastic. <laughs> it is good. It is. It's beautiful. I, I've never looked at it in this detail before, but we've got the pages of her diary flying around, ah. starting with April. Well, see, I saw that on my cover. It said April. Yeah. I thought it was a bill. Yeah. No, so this is the <laughs> so, diary that we're going to yeah, get into. Yeah. So April, May, what? March, April, May. Oh. Yeah. I guess we can take a punt at how long their this issue takes up round. There's eleven pages. Right. Well, that there's twelve months in a year. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll no get to one, it. No one does any work in December, as we've proved. <laughs> Writers: Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yep. Pencilers: Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Inking and toning: Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird. Letters, Steve Levine. Levine. Levine, mate. Okay. So mine, mine <clears throat> the title page isn't as detailed as that, as that. It just says Eastman, Laird, and Levine. Right. So I, I was a bit wondering um, who did what. Mm. But yeah, okay. So um, our last issue, number 10, was April 1987. Yeah. April, May, June. So we're in June. Three months for an issue. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And so... Okay. Gongala, Gongala. Yeah, we're in it. Um, it's good that this issue is Peter Larratt and Kevin Eastman, I think, because this is the kind of the capper of um, the first sort of um, storyline, really. Because I remember reading this as part of my graphic novels. Yep, okay. And this is the last story. <laughs> it's almost like, holy shit, you know, yeah. they get the shit been out of him. Then this is almost like an epilogue of losing, you know, a, a match. A loser's epilogue. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really weird because I was waiting for, you know, the Rocky comeback. But um, it, it, for the, the graphic novel anyway to yeah. go out on a high... Didn't happen. I don't think that there was a volume five either. Yeah, right. So my experience with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, in the good old days yeah. ended up at this issue. Ended at the downer. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was really odd. Yeah, yeah. So it was only years later that I discovered, oh, there's, there's more. more. Um, and we'll get to it later on. But return to New York, um, where that is the capper to this type of adventure. I um, I would say it's brave storytelling if it was intended Ooh. to be the end of the story. You know what I mean? It's but, just weird. Yeah. Maybe there is a volume five around, but I had one, two, three, and four, and that was it. Yep. So as far as I'm concerned, that's where, uh, you know, that's where it all finished. Yeah. To the, to the point that... They got they got a beaten and ran away. That's a good lesson to learn as a kid. Yeah. If you get a beaten, just get the fuck out. But then the movie... Ends the the story because this is this is replicated in the movie pretty much in yeah, the yeah. Um, you know the, the lowest point anyway. Um, they use the very first comic book to be their ending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost so I thought, what are they going to do? Are oh, they going to go backwards to end their movie because you can't end a movie like this, yeah. licking your wounds and go, oh well, could be worse. Well, the end. <laughs> the first was it Mighty Ducks. Oh, right. The first Mighty Ducks movie they didn't win. Right. Really? Was it Mighty Ducks? Emilio Stilio? Anyway. Okay. I'll look that up. Yeah, right. Or was it the Sandlot Kids? I don't know. One of those sports, anyway, sports movies. Rocky didn't necessarily win at the end of his first match, but it was a respectable loss. Yep. Uh, this isn't. <laughs> they got their asses kicked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. But it's a, it's a good issue because it sort of explores... Um, again, trauma. Yeah, you know, because you don't usually have that in a in a comic book, a yeah. superhero comic book movie either. Especially when the um, the good guy loses, they sort of well, Batman sort of like bottles it up. Yeah, gets Alfred to stitch him up, things out again. Yeah, the same Captain America. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. When you get beaten, you just get back up and keep on going. And Spider Man gets beaten so often, it ain't no thing, you know. <laughs> whereas um, this is the first time the. The, the turtles have suffered a loss yeah. and they don't take it well. Yeah. And this is really, I'm so glad it's all from April's point of view because it's almost like the the most measured, the more rounded, but also the softer um, aspect. You know, yeah. the, the feminine, stereotypical feminine approach mm. because she's looking at all of them through their, all, their, their strengths yep. and their weaknesses. Yep. And through this, we get a really greater appreciation for all their characters. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. And I think it was very smart to uh, d- d- uh, do it all from her point of view. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. Just the things you said, the reasons you said, you know what I mean? Like uh, an outside look to show us what's really going on as, as opposed to each of the characters fooling themselves, you know? Or each of the characters having their own monologues. Yeah. That would be, you know, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so, so we open up with her April having a sleep and she's woken up by 
some strange noises. Some thumping. Some cathud, cathump, chud. Again, I never really um, noticed it before, but the way that these um, panels are separated look like they've been shredded. Ah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I did notice that they were all ragged, but I didn't make that connection. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, and she falls out of bed. Bump. Right. But, okay, no, let's go back. First page, she's already having a nightmare. Yeah. No, go away. And she wakes up. Falls out of bed. Bump. Damn it. And then the floor starts cracking. And suddenly, Brakaka. <laughs> there's a a very cool looking foot soldier slash ninja turtle um, well a mutation yeah. Mm, yeah busts out of the floor right and um, and then the doors get kicked in and we've got a really twisted mutated shredder mm. so we've got these mutant uh, these four ninja turtle foot soldiers right yeah and uh, this shreddery shredder monster thing is also again um invading her safe place yeah her bedroom and she's in her uh ripley 1980s alien sort of way oh yeah yeah right? actually i didn't pick that up but yeah and the whole thing is really a nightmare on elm street isn't it well it is but i i just found it very interesting that there's four foot soldiers and they all look like ninja turtles you reckon they're turtles well look at their mouths man yeah okay I never really picked up on that. Like, you know, there would be a... Yeah, okay. Well, I mean... Oh, yeah, no, you're right. They're they're fingers. They've only got three fingers and one thumb. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that's great because on her... um, On her... um, From her perspective, all of this is wacky. Yeah, the whole thing. Like, even though the turtles are her friends and family, they're still mutant ninja turtles that you've just met. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could... How long do you reckon time has gone in comic book world here? Two years. Right. Because remember, they've been in that flat for one year between the two Christmases. We had two Christmases, And then there was the space shit before that. Yep. The space and ninja stuff before that, you know? So, uh, I would say, yeah, one and a half, two years. Yeah, okay. Um, So, yeah. So, she's, again, talking about psychology. Um, Even though, you know, she's all friends with with, um, the four turtles and a rat... This is her subconscious saying, hey, it's not you're not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're going through some changes, love. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's what I picked up from that anyway. Mm. Um, and then... And I never did. Mm. So, yeah. Then it all spirals back down into her brain and she wakes up from a nightmare. Now, this is a pet hate of mine. Uh-oh. What's that? Waking up from a nightmare and you're still in the nightmare and then you wake up from the actual nightmare. So this is very Inception sort of shit right now. So do you want her to wake up from the nightmare and then wake up again? No. Oh. What do you want? Just one... Just wake up. Humans just wake up. She is waking up. No, but she woke up on page one. Oh, I get you. But she was dreaming that she woke up. But that's that's what I'm saying I hate. Oh, okay. This is the 1980s. And this is where, you know... I mean, we could say that that um, they did it cliche... In that, they did it in that revenge movie we watched last about a month ago. Yeah, I know. You know the one in the desert? Yeah. Yeah, when she was fixing herself and she woke up and she gets attacked by a monster and then again, she wakes up again. This is the 1980s. This is where they came up with it, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. You know, we, have to, we have to think about it in this context. And again, cinema. Because um, Kevin is obviously inspired by... You know, very schlocky horror and um, yeah. and uh, action movie stuff. So he probably saw that trope and goes, yeah, I'll use that. Yeah. There's been used ever since. Okay. 
<laughs> Context. I don't like it, but ah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it just feels like one of those, you know, unnecessary jump scares in a movie or something. Oh, definitely. Which don't get me wrong, I do enjoy a good jump scare, but um, it, it's it's one of those. I think we were discussing a couple of weeks ago the difference between a cliche and a trope. Yeah. And I feel like waking up. Oh, so it's a cliche. Yeah, and then. Waking up and making us think she's in the real world mm. and then waking up again. Yep. Yeah, that feels like... But anyway. I would say a cliche is something that you don't necessarily need, but a trope is a building block in the genre that you're trying to be in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so now she's really awake, or is she? No, she is. <laughs> um, so she's really awake now. She's very cold. Aww. She fucking puts a blanket around herself, goes and turns on the light, and opens her diary. I love all this because I um, I love like like I say I always talk about my beach house because it's a little bit crappy. Yep. And um, I like crappy areas uh, in winter as well. So you feel like you've you're living sparsely, like a Spartan. Yep. And um, and you and you've just got your bare necessities. And um, so this is I always read this issue around about um, Easter. Yeah. It's a long weekend. Um, you know, because it's a little bit bittersweet. The weather's a little bit crappy. You can pop a fire on as well. So all of this I love because it's like okay. absolute snuggle time. Uh, get a get a coffee or a tea, write a book, read a book. It's great. I got to be honest, I got annoyed with this issue. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> How come? Too slow? Just yeah, yeah. And and look, I did come to appreciate it by the time I reached the end. Mm-hmm. But just the whole diary entry thing throughout the entire comic, I was just like, yeah, read. <laughs> But read cursive as well. Yeah, some of the words I couldn't make out. Yeah. You know. But anyway, so I like this setup. Yeah. You know, it's snugly for me, but then we'll get into the, here we go. So that's when you actually have to start reading. Yeah. And I was the same, dude. Like, because I haven't read this for years, and then it took me a bit to get into the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, with this type of thing, this this introspection for a whole thirty eight pages, it's almost like that meme of the um, you know the gaffer tape and slapping it onto the like yeah. this sort of stuff. You need threaded throughout your story. You can't just stick it all in yeah. one issue and think that's okay. Yeah, you know, like this was almost like maybe to these guys back in the day a filler episode yeah like oh this is the sort of stuff we we need to have right now but you need to sort of have this going on top of everything else well I, I can't help and I know this is 20 years after the fact yeah I can't help but think of I think it was Wolverine number 75 yep. right where the issue before was it, anyway Wolverine Magneto ripped all of Wolverine's adamantium off his bones yep he went a bit savage. It messed up with his healing factor, right? And so he had to get away from the X-Men. Yeah, right. Right, he just felt he couldn't trust himself because he's going feral. Mm. And he wrote a hand-lettered, a handwritten letter. Wolverine did. Yeah. Right. To Jubilee, who was his sidekick at the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Great comic. Great comic. Um Adam Cubitt did the art from memory. I can't remember who wrote it. Mm. Um, but that letter, the entire handwritten letter, was the last four pages. Yeah, okay. As he's packing up and going, mm. you know, and as he puts the letter down there you know, on her bedside table and he goes out to get on his motorbike and he looks back and she's there with the letter looking down at him. You know, that was really well done. <laughs> this is what this is page nine of 38 pages ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and she's only just started writing. But yeah. it is interspersed through actual stuff as well. So... Yeah. And, and look, and, and, and it worked in the movie, where she did the voiceover thing yeah. in the movie, you know. Um, thing is, in the movie, and with the actor playing April O'Neil... Uh, Jennifer... Judith... Judith... Judith. Loeb, Judith, Judith. Yeah, I remember her saying. I just call her Judy, baby. <laughs> she was disappointed that the spirituality of the first script was edited out. Yep. In favor of all the um, martial arts and violence, because I reckon she saw that scene as her scene, like you know, her 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 time to shine. Yeah. Especially since most of the trading cards that I've collected of the Turtles movies, because we didn't have the internet back then yep. um, I could see the the cut scenes yeah, yep. and most of the cut scenes from the movie are from this type of period I've of the farm. got the whole set mm. of trading cards bar one card I've probably got that one card oh, <laughs> I'll have to dig them out man I've got them at home somewhere yeah, have you got them packaged up or nah. fuck I, I bought them at a I bought them at a just a few years ago at a at a no, I didn't. One of the girls... Hector? <laughs> what? One of the girls from Accelerator Pod mm. gave them to me. Gave them to you? Gave them to me. Oh, that's nice. She was doing a clean-out, and she, she lives in Melbourne, and she was doing a clean-out, and she was like, oh, you like Ninja Turtles? Do you oh. want this? And I was like, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, nice. I used to buy them, but, you know, you never got a whole set. No. You know? Yeah. So now I've got the whole set minus one card. Good work, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and and there are there are scenes in there with like you know Mikey on the punching bag and going nuts on the you know uh, all that was cut yeah, out, yep. um, which is a shame. I'd love to see a director's cut of the first movie because that's the stuff, especially in the movie um, sequences, that you really need. Yeah, you know them suffering and then coming up to the third act. You know, yeah, and and look, and and although I said this comic was annoying me, I think it was just the format of the comic that annoyed me because. Yeah. Yeah, once we get up to like Mikey and that, I think they're really great character moments that they've written in. Mm. Um, but I, I just think the handwritten thing started to get to me when I couldn't understand. You know, yeah. one in one in twenty words, I couldn't understand. So I was just like, oh, "Fuck, I better move on. I can't figure this one out." I, I, I got I got into the flow of it, so I was okay. But I think it is a lot, especially since we haven't really seen this that much yeah. in this yep. series. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the last time we've had to read this much in a Ninja Turtle comic was when that fucking robot turned up. Oh, fuck. So much words. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Peter Larrard in person. That's, that's why Nathan doesn't like Hellboy. I said, I said I'm going to get rid of some Hellboy books. Do you want them? He goes, well, I have to read so much in Hellboy. <laughs> I'll have them. They're they're great. But, oh, I do understand because you do have, like, ent- diary entries and historical... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, well. But, yeah, no, this is, this is the slowest yeah. uh, of, of, the, of the issues. It's but, the like you said, it's... Well. Yeah, like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's a, an epilogue introspection finger me jib. This is what uh, Marissa <laughs> would call spinach cinema. Spinach cinema. It's hard to get through, but it's good for you. Uh, okay. Yeah. I call it medicine. Yeah. Medicine cinema, like The Revenant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to watch it. Yeah. It's not going to be a good experience, <laughs> but you've got to watch it. Yeah. You know, you'll walk away a better person than a better filmmaker, but you've got to watch you it. You'll hobble away as a better person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, medicine medicine cinema is what okay. I call it. So, it is, it is, it is hard. It's rough, but... Um, 
but it, I guess it also depends on how you're feeling at the time, what yeah. type of um, comic book, you know, uh, connoisseur you are as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think this is probably way too late in the day for this type of thing. But, but I think it works. Yeah. Having been one week since we read the last issue, mm. I think I would have punched myself in mm. the face if I waited three months for this oh. issue after what happened last issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll get into it as well, because after this issue, we go on a long stretch of just off the rails. Yeah. Where we don't even touch onto this storyline again. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So, um, yeah, so she starts writing in her diary. She says, basically, uh, the last I can't remember the last time I slept or whatever. And then it cuts to, basically, as they were still driving through town. Mm. Uh, and again, she wakes up screaming. Um, because, like we, like we said last issue... April has no business being in that ninja battle. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Casey is a a seasoned fighter, a street fighter. But April, when we were in there, we were like, April, get out of there. Oh, shit. You know? And and it's affected her. And I'm glad it's affected her. Like, yeah, there was an X-Men book where Wolverine was fighting Shatterstar. And Wolverine put his claws through Shatterstar's belly out his back. Yeah, right. Next issue, he's just bandaged up. Yeah, yeah it's like there's no trauma there. Yeah, like if, even if he's got a healing factor, mm. this Shatterstar guy, you'd still have the trauma of yeah. the knives going right through you sort of thing. But And that brings us back to Three Jokers. You know, like, um, to, to see the the result of all of this. Because, again, uh, the continuity of these comic books, um, different writers, different artists, but they have to keep on going the same continuity. Yeah. They just forget about all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You could have someone lose a limb in one comic and then suddenly there again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, we'll have a three issues to explain how he grew that back. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is quite good, you know, dealing with the events of the previous yeah. issue. Yeah. And see, and again, this is something that I've... Um, trying to bring into Gorilla My Dreams mm. in that, you know, in the first issue he actually gets shot in the side of the head. Yes. Right? If that was Batman, like like you mm. said, he'd be pissed off, he'd go get stitched up by Alfred, Alfred and he'd be back yep. better than ever. Yeah. Whereas in the next issue that I'm releasing hopefully in February we actually see the psychological effect it takes in that yeah. he he... he, he yeah, he has panic attacks. He, um, yeah, you know, like short term memory like, loss, like he can't breathe, and yeah, yeah, yeah. short term memory loss. You know what I mean? So it's not like, mm. oh, Captain America's just back. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, they thought him out of the ice, and he's kicking ass. Well, that's it too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and and that's the thing because again, I like psychology, and I like that type of thing. Like, like not, not you. Know, delving into misery but to looking at uh, you know it's like sports psychology yeah you suffer a loss you suffer an injury how do you get back on the horse and how do you keep on trucking do you ignore it all and wait for something to happen when you retire or are there things that you can do to resolve these things get better for it learn from it and then keep on going and there's and there's some there's some psychological wounds that never heal like Mm. I used to work in a meat uh, wholesaler yep so we used to slice meat on a meat slicer. Yep. Right? And twice I nicked my finger and took a slice of meat off my finger. Did it grow back? Yeah. Oh, like, you, you can see how oh, it's a bit, okay. a bit crooked there. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you can see that. So it's more round there and then it's... Ah. Okay. So okay. that's that's from slicing the meat. So Ooh. twice I took a slice off my finger. Yeah, right. And something like that doesn't heal because psychologically because if I go to the supermarket and I'm Mm. like I need some of that and they're cutting I can't even watch if there's a movie and someone's slicing meat I can't even The Wrestler? Yeah 
Yeah. Uh, well, okay. uh, the wrestler movie came out before I did it, so I, I haven't watched the wrestler since. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, like if I, I wouldn't be able to watch that scene now. Wow. I can't watch someone in real life, even when they've got that mesh glove on slicing yeah. meat. I can't watch them. But isn't that funny? Because like that is that is a um, a, a a fixation. Yeah. But again, because it doesn't really affect your life, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, I, I haven't had to really. Like my fingers. No, no, no. Forget about your fingers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My finger's good as new, but yeah, the, yeah. the psychology behind yeah. it is like... Because it's taking you back to when you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, um, some people's traumas are just like um, yesterday. Yeah. And so when you say, oh, time heals all wounds, nope, yeah. it can take you straight back to it as if it was fresh. Yep. And so you start thinking about, you know, uh, war veterans. Yeah. A great big noise, bang, they're back in the battlefield. And we're supposed to just say, get over it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been 30 years. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. Um, but yeah, so this is day two, straight after the biggest traumas of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so they're driving down old downtown Northampton. Have you, old downtown. Yeah. 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 Again, I love all this because again, like, and I, I feel like a dick talking about my beach house all the time, but it's the, <laughs> you know, I feel like such a privileged wanker. Because all of us are like, uh, beach house, <laughs> we're know. fucking renting. Right now we're renting a place and it's yeah. nowhere near the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but again, like where it is, it's just a quaint yep. 1950s place. And I love going there because you, you get, a, you literally get away from things, you know, like you leave everything and you're going back in time. You're going back into the, um, Stephen King, you know, type yeah, of off yep. the beaten track, and it really is a getaway. Silver bullet. Yeah, you're going back to Smallville where everything's easy. Yep. You go down to the mum and, mum and pop stores, you've got your fish and chips yeah, and chicken, yeah. all that, and, and it's great. So it's not just the shack itself, it's the whole thing. Yeah. It's even travelling down there because you have to go through, again, wineries <laughs> and, and through the hills, and it's really just getting rid of all the city living, and again, Boo-hoo. Yeah, this but, um, is, this is a white male privilege. <laughs> this is totally... To this everyone, is hashtag... To everyone out there fucking... It is. ...struggling. But again... <laughs> but that's why I really love this issue, because I completely relate to yeah. it. And yep. because I'm not around that area at the moment, I read this, I get... Yeah. It's almost like nostalgic, yeah, yeah. but also like, ah. Oh. And so he's taking her to the safest place that he knows, yeah. like his grandmother's farmhouse. Yeah. And they're going, and he's, he's a little bit excited because he's showing his new friends, even though he's a raging fucking psychopath. Psycho, yeah. Um, and, and he wants to wake her up to share this this basic little old town. Yeah. I think it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this big splash page of the little town reminds me a lot of Queanbeyan growing up. But isn't it funny? Because, like, to me, I, I look at that and go, oh, that looks quaint and lovely. To you, it reminds you of home when you're growing yeah. up. Uh, April's not impressed yeah. whatsoever. Because she's a city girl, born and bred. But, but she is, but also from what she's just experienced. But also, Actually, yeah, yeah. the way that this is drawn, it's really up to the individual uh, um, reader yeah. to determine whether or not they like it. Yeah. Is this a shithole, or is this like a quaint, lovely little, oh, it's Gilmore Girls' territory, yeah, I can yeah. see where you can get a coffee and all that type of thing. And she does later on be apologetic for being a dick. Oh, I okay. Yeah, because because she she does go on to say, uh, Casey was just trying to show me his hometown, and I acted. Yeah. Oh, she writes it, does she? Yeah, yeah, she doesn't apologize. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, you're right. Considering my state of mind, yeah. my reaction was a few notches below. I couldn't care less. Yeah, which is what I hate about uh, American sayings. Um, 
Oh, that's actually quite good. I couldn't care less. Usually yeah. it's like, I could care less. Yeah. Well, then, 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 then you're you okay. Care. Then you then actually you care. care about it. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, correct. I could care less. No, I couldn't care less yeah. means I couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm the same. I, straight to... I, I always struggle with phrases like that where I'm like, you fucking idiots. I could care less. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, so come it, and help it me then. means you're caring. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> anyway, so we get to this run-down ramshackle of a place that looks like something out of um, Psycho. Yeah. And, um, and again, I love it because it's up next to a barn. Again, Smallville, all that. Yep. But it's not romantic. This is this is grim. This is Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird going back to their grim sort of design. Yeah. So we we got the grim looking of the city. We got the grim, you know, uh, rural yeah. uh, experience. Yeah, because we're all. I mean, as you've pointed out, we're all still under the shadow of the last couple issues. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Um, I love how Casey loves it because again. To me, this is the perfect weekend getaway. Yeah. A shitty cabin in the woods where you bring some board games, you know, some books, some good friends, some booze, yeah. and a fireplace, and I'm I'm fine, you yeah. know. So Casey loves it because he's a psychopath, and uh, April doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, what, they go inside and April crashes out. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and what I like about this as well is that they actually do talk about depression. Yeah. And we, and we get to see it. Yeah. Um, so now she starts, uh, for lack of a better word, psychoanalyzing the others with what's mm. going on around. You could say that she's um, deflecting. Hey, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. Not, she's looking at herself. She's, yeah. she's looking at, at uh, the people around her. Mm. Um, so yeah, what was the what's the deal with Leonardo? I can't even remember. Well, he got the shit bean out of him, yeah. thrown through a window, and then he had to get helped and carted around while... Oh, right, yes, 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 yeah, yes yeah. of course. Um, physically, he has, has healed incredibly well, but mentally, I'm afraid, has a lot of catching up. He's always put himself in front of the rest of the guys, taking charge, bearing the extra weight, playing the big brother. When someone like that feels they've failed, they fall hard. He's recently developed an intense depression... Uh, with the surrounding He's recently forests. developed an intense obsession. Obsession. Yep. With the surrounding forests and spends all of his time there. I hope he finds what he's looking for and comes out of this depression soon. See, I can't. We're all in back. <laughs> I think that's really, really great because um, um, I think modern, modern days we, we talk about anxiety and depression a lot more freely. Yeah. And we're now a little more educated to see what that looks like. Yeah. So a depressed person isn't just moopy. Yep. They're not just Eeyore. They're not just sleeping all the time. This is um, Leonardo running in the woods with a looking very sporty, looking very fit, looking very switched on. Yeah. But um, April was recognised, no, he's he's depressed. Yeah. Um, so you can you can still be active, um, but still be suffering from depression. Yeah, yeah. And so then we get a, a another beautiful page with no uh, no captions, no words or anything, and Leo's hunting Bambi. Yeah. What? Because I think he's been again psychological, Tim. He's been so smashed and defeated. And like April said, he was the leader. Yeah. Now he's fallen all the way down to ground zero. Bambi, a deer, a doray deer. Do, a deer, <laughs> a female deer. A female deer. 
Um, that would have to be the easiest thing to capture. You know, easiest thing to defeat. Especially if you're a 16-year-old uh, ninja who's yeah. been training all your life. Yeah, right. If you're trying to get back on board. It's like... Um, when so I was, is he really trying to kill Bambi's yeah. mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to kill it because he's trying to get a win. He's trying to get an easy win to get back on board. Because like, like she said, he's, tr- he's trying to catch up. Yeah. So he's going through the rungs of like getting back onto the throne of being the leader. Yeah. Because it's also male ego. Yeah, His yeah. His ego has been completely shattered. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, pretty rough. Um, killing a deer, a female yeah. deer. <laughs> a doe, a deer. Yeah. Female deer. So then we got we got this awesome three-page sequence of him trying to take this deer out mm. and the deer kicking his ass. Yeah, yeah. And imagine how you'd feel. Yeah. You can't even defeat Bambi's mum. Yeah. I love how he goes, Liam Neeson. In yeah. He just, right, forget this, forget this arrow. Um, I've just been bunted by a, by a deer. Um, I'm going to go on. I'm just going to stab shit out of it. Yeah, I'm going to go feral. Yeah. Forget all this. I'm going to go on, on just your know, pure rage, male testosterone, and, and figure this out. Yeah. And uh, gets his ass beaten again by a deer. And then the deer runs away. Yeah. And he's suffered. It's like, holy, how good am I that how, I can't even do that? Yeah. He's saying to himself, like you said, how far have I fallen, man? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remind me of um, War of Warcrafts. Like, I signed up for that for, for some reason. And um, and my girlfriend at the time, she was really advanced in it. I was trying to level up. Mm. And I said, oh, how do I, how do I catch up to catch you? Up? She's like, oh, we'll just go into the field and just kill hundreds of boars. Just kill them. I was like, oh. Jesus. Yeah. So I was just murdering all these boars just for quick, easy wins, just to level up. Yeah. But it, it took a while. Um, that's basically what Leo's doing. Yeah. He's trying to start from scratch, and he can't even do that. Yeah. yeah. I like how it's almost like staged like a three-part karate match. Like yeah. He yep. loses three points, and he's done. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, cool. Um, and then the uh, next page, we're focusing on the, the next turtle, which is Adonna McTello. I like this too because, you know, they get to a shitty run-down cabin and, um, and and they're all sort of... They're not all huddled up together. They all split off to yep. do their own healing to to do what they think they can do. And so Donatello fixes things. Fixes everything. It's great. Builds shit. Yeah, yeah that, and that's what I really liked as well. As, as I said, even though the, uh, the diary sort of format sort of throws me off yeah, um, I, I do love all these character moments. Uh, these <clears throat> these silent character moments. Mm. You know, like yeah, Donnie's fixing things, and when you when you remove yourself from the uh, narration, mm. it's of, of course that's what he's doing because they're all lost, right? So yeah. of course Donnie's just like. You know what the fuck can I do? What can, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Look, oh fuck! Look, I'll fix that while I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. Okay, I finished. Or, that. Fuck! What do I need to do again? Avoiding. So he's avoiding healing because he's he's seeing that oh, there's so much work that needs to be done. I'm just going to avoid having to yeah. heal and look into my loss and just get stuck in. Yeah. Because it's like oh, isn't Donnie doing a great job? Yeah, he is. But he's not. But he's not. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. again, there's so much to be done, and he's doing a lot. And I mean, look at look at that drawing of Donny standing near the the water fountain thing. Beautiful. You know what I mean? He's he's not. He's not grinning. No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, he's looking at that thing. And he's just he's just hands in his pockets. He has just invented electricity for the for the cabin. Yeah, there's no woo-hoos. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, he's not. It's not like he had to fix that fucking heater six issues ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They've got lights now. They've got heating. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's and, no um, celebration. But there's no celebration. He's, he's just there, going, "Okay, what's next?" And he's all alone. Yeah. I love this last panel uh, drawing in, yep. this, in this panel because it reminds me of the beginning of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Do you remember that huge contraption to make a coffee? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Lifted spirits. And We've then, got hot water in the bathroom. Finally. Finally. Fucks. And then he's uh, once once he's done all that, he's disappeared into the attic and he's typing something mm. along the typewriter. But what is he typing? And what what is he throwing away? Yeah, like you know. So that's gonna. I don't. I don't know if that comes into it later or not. But it's funny because I I did finish off the um volume four of this original line and uh, one of the turtles does become an author I won't tell you who mm-hmm. um, I don't know if this is the first time April mentioned it because we, we haven't been going through this cursive but she goes feeling strangely depressed today so and then she goes dot 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 I guess I expected Don to rest a bit after the la- last hard won victory no such luck that's weird isn't it she begins saying she feels depressed but she feels depressed because she thought Don would get some rest. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So then we've got this mad splash page again. Donnie looking out the window, you know, paper scrunched up. What's he writing? Hmm. You know, like, I'm, I'm very curious as to that. But, yeah. Michelangelo worries me the most. Aww. This... And- see and again man like whether we've really seen it so far in the comic apart from his one shot or whether it's what Michelangelo has been ingrained into us since then through cartoons and movies and stuff Mm. to see him not fucking around and just concentrating Mm. on the fighting again it's, 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 it's separate from what she's saying she's saying he, you know, he worries me because he's just in there training on the boxing bag all day, mm. right? And we see him doing that, and then we see him start laying into the wall and punches a hole in the wall mm. in the in the barn. But it's just like when you really start thinking about the character of it, mm. it's like you know I get the feeling that he's just like I've spent two years just piss farting around, mm. and it nearly got my brother killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got us kicked out of our home. Mm. I've got to toughen up. I've got to <clears throat> start presenting, you know, yeah. start turning up to these things, you know. So this was a moment that kicked him into maturity. Like like his uh, his childhood is now finished. Yep. And now he's, yeah, yeah, great. Um, that, that, that's how I understood these next few pages of just him laying in the bag, kicking stuff, breaking stuff, and then ending up punching a hole in the, in the barn wall. She says, the other day I happened in on one of his sessions, he was already over the edge. Yeah. And, um, and you look at him, he, he does look, uh, you know, he doesn't look good. He looks like Raph. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And what's interesting, like we spoke about last week, Raph got into his elements with, all, with that situation, which I guess at the time I was saying, I don't really agree with him being so jokey about this, but then after thinking about it, when all hell goes, you know, yeah, everything, everything goes, goes to hell. Yeah. Uh, that's when he goes, yes, yeah. you know, this is my element. It reminded me of a movie called The Edge with um, Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin and El McPherson. Okay, he's this. Um, uh, Alec Baldwin is this rich guy. He's married to El McPherson, 
and um, and they go on a plane trip into the wilderness, and then um, the plane crashes. And Alec Baldwin is at a loss, yep, and yep. Anthony Hopkins just, uh, and Alec Baldwin says that, he goes, you know, in, in the normal world, you're just this introverted, solemn little character, but here, when everything's gone to hell, you bloom. Yeah. And that's what I guess, after thinking about it, that's what happened with Raphael. Yeah. So I retract my statement. <laughs> no, okay, and I remember that movie, and, yeah, and I agree. Um, see, I think it's very deliberate that they've made him look like Raphael as well, mm. in that you know he because he's right now he's acting like Raphael you know what I mean so you can extrapolate I don't even know if that's the right word that's a word I've never used before in my life sure podcast you can extrapolate that he's thinking if I was more like Raph I could have protected Leo yeah yeah, yeah. if I was more like Raph we maybe we we could have held the house you know yeah all that sort of shit you know I, I think it's very deliberate that They've drawn him, and he, yeah. At the very least, he's he's the one reverting to violence and um, strength to um to you know to maybe yeah to think like that to go if I was tougher I could have I yeah. could have helped because he goes rabid yeah he's dribbling he goes nuts on the um on the barn wall and that's not a very marky thing to do no. at the very least we know that he's disturbed yeah yep. Um, we all feel so much pain and confusion. Each of us. Keeping his personal... I thought it was interesting they used his. Each of us keeping his personal torment bottled up inside when she's the one saying it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know, it's five dudes, one girl, but... Uh, but also three men. Each of, of us keeping our personal torment bottled yeah. up inside. Well, well, anyway, that, that, that stood out to me when I read it, you know. It's like um, saying, oh, she's a very handsome-looking thing. Yeah. 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 Gender-neutral language, I think, would work here. Again, 80s. But you, you know, wouldn't you wouldn't say his because it's she's saying it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah anyway, and so then then we go on to see what Raph has been doing. Apparently, she worries the most about Raph. Um. No, she doesn't. She can't relate to what Raph's going on. He runs hot and cold. Mm-hmm. He's very unbalanced and predictable, and he scares her. Right. Um. He. Goes to bed after everyone else, gets up after everyone else, but she thinks she hears him wandering around in the middle of the night. He's a sentry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, again, I love these comics because you can really see that these are the golden nuggets where elements of this goes further throughout the um, Turtles mythology and and different media. Because if you remember the the CG movie, TMNT... Good old Raph, he actually armors up and goes out at night like Batman. And so that's where they get this from. Yeah. Because he's he's brought it onto himself to look after the family. And I thought he was smoking. It's mist coming out of his mouth, but... Uh, yeah. Because, again, that would be a very Raph thing to do. Yeah. Like, where's his other side? Maybe it's in the back. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I got I got Batman vibes here. Yeah. I got Gargoyle vibes here. Yep. And, again, I think he's he's in his absolute element yeah. now. Like, it's almost like I I was always prepared for the worst and everyone around me was joy and happy yep. and all that sort of thing. Now when the chips are down, it's almost like I was right all along. Yeah. Like, this was... This is the world, fellas. I told you about it. Yeah. You didn't believe me. Yeah, yeah. And this is where we are now. Yep. And, yeah, and now he's taken it on himself to... Uh, to keep everyone safe at night time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
I actually quite like Raph because I love Batman yep. and he's pretty much set in his ways. Yep. He's um he's found his element. Good on him. Um and then we're on to Casey Jones, which I'm like, I don't care really. You don't care about Casey? Oh, uh, not in this one. Jeez, he's your boy. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know how my brother was here last year and he gave me that Casey mask for my yes. birthday? Yeah. My son, who's fucking nearly taller than me now put the Casey mask on. Yeah. He's got long, almost J. Muse hair, uh-huh, but cool. not quite so straight. Yeah. And he put that mask on and I was like, whoa, he's fucking Casey Jones, bitch. Uh, is he keeping the mask or did you get it back? No, I got it back. I put, yeah. I put, <laughs> it, I put it back in the box and hid it in the back of the cupboard, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- and this scene was just... See, again, I, I just think because he... Casey seems to be not affected. Yes. So, and that's what really struck me reading it, but even so doing it now. Um, really, April just met him yesterday. Right. You're right? Yeah. Um, and, and also, I would have liked to see him to have been affected. Because, again, this is the first time he's been up against ninjas. First time he's seen Shredder. Um, and he got off pretty scot-free in, in relation to that fight. Yes, yeah, yep. I would have liked him to have been, you know, suffered something to be along the line with everybody else. Yeah. Because everyone's a little bit hurt, and, and he's not. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. This is straight out of the movie. Yep. You know, yep. like this... Uh, Working on the truck. And giving each other these, um, I think, in alphabetical order. Is it alphabetical order in, in this the movie? Day? It is. Yeah, but not in this one, eh? Yeah. Um, and it's actually Raphael that he's working on the truck with. Oh, really? Yep. Because in the movie, it's Dom. Yeah. We, and yeah. that'll make more sense. <laughs> Pew brain, clay head, duck fart. Gag face. Yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. I guess in in this uh, issue, it would make sense that he's goofing around with Raph because Don's in no mood to goof around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like you said, um, same with last issue, Raph's in his element now. Mm. You know, this is what he's trained for forever. And also these two are friends. So. And they start the car. It's in gear. He's, he's a teenager. He doesn't know how to drive. It's in gear when he turns it on and it crashes into... Um, it fucking crashes into Donatello's hard work. Oh, I didn't think of that. See that? Into the windmill. Now they've got no fucking running water. Thanks, Raph. Thanks, Casey. You yeah, fucks. Yeah. That does suck. <laughs> well, and these two seem to be fine. Yeah. You know, they're okay. Yeah. They just screwed up the car, but whatever. <laughs> um, April decides to take a walk on a frozen river. Yeah, well, she's a city lady. She don't know yeah, about no, That's right. No, that's a good point, especially in New York, because you always see the, the frozen ponds and shit that people are ice skating on in, in New York, you know, so she probably... Yeah. Well, All right, I'll take that back, April. It's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> <laughs> and this is great, because, yep. to, you know, female in distress... Uh, and this is this is t- time for Leo to shine. Well, this and, is an easy and one. For again, Leo. we have to, as we said last week, she's out of her element. Yeah, she's got no business hanging with ninjas. <laughs> yeah, no. You know what I mean. So yeah. I mean, as much as it is a woman in distress, if it was a dude, it would still be exactly the same. If it was, oh. if it was, if his name was Andrew or something, mm. or whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. It, it would still be exactly the same even if it was a gender flip. So I don't think it's so much a oh, damsel in distress thing. For Leo, 
No, for for her, for, you know, being written as a weak, silly woman. Oh no, 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 no! But I'm just saying that um, this happens, and, and it's an, it's a, an opportunity for Leo to get an, an, an yes. easy win. You yes, know. definitely. Well, it's it's I, I don't see it as an easy win. It's a life and death win. Well, it's that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's an easy life oh, and death at, win. Look at him. He's in. He again. He's trying to get his. Um, you know, his uh, mojo back. Yep. He's in the woods. He's trying to find another Bambi to destroy. Yep. But he finds um, that Atrial's in trouble. So he says, says, hero instead mode. of destroying, I can save. I love this drawing here yep. of Leo because the teeth and everything, the eyes, are just like out of the movie. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's great. She's up to her neck in freezing cold water. That would just oh, man. kill. So cold. Like, I like the cold, but every time I see in a movie someone go under ice, I'm like, oh, fuck. I can't do it. I um, I went up to um, Jindabyne Threadbow. Mm. This is a decade ago, right? Mm. And I was walking and I fell through the snow into the creek. Oh, shit. And only one leg... Right, yeah. only just past my knee on the one leg went underwater. Oh. That was torture. Oh, it shit. was torture, and that's why I hate it. Like I see things like this, I see in movies where people are stuck under ice and stuff, and I'm just like, because oh. no. I still remember how cold it was just on my one fucking calf and knee, dude. Well, we're getting into some trauma of yourself. <laughs> this, this, episode. this is a trauma episode. It should be wow. fucking yeah, yeah. Trigger warning. I, I had taken the church youth group up there. <laughs> And then I fell in. <laughs> the doctor's like, where's your god now? Yeah. <laughs> in the bottom of that cold, frozen river. <laughs> Love of my heart. <laughs> so, yeah, so Leo does all the right things. Yeah. It seems to be he's snapped out of his funk. Yep. He's going into his training. Um, okay. My favorite story growing up. Yeah. It was from a series called Jungle Tales, right? Okay. And it was called Sweet and Sour Hippo, right? <laughs> And it's about this hippopotamus, right? Really? That all day long he focuses on himself mm. and he's like, oh, woe is me. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, the clouds came over and now it's so cold. He's a whiny, big, mm. fat bitch like me, right? Aww. But then he looks down. He, so he's all carrying on and the monkeys come up and say, hey, do you want some bananas? He goes, oh, if I eat bananas now, I won't be able to have dinner later. Oh, shit. Then he looks down at the river yeah. and there's a little antelope swimming. And then there's a log following her. Then he realises it's a crocodile. Yeah, right. And then he's like, oh, not on my watch. And he runs down there like Batman and yep. he beats shit out of this crocodile and saves the antelope, right? Yep. So it's sweet and sour hippos. When he's focusing on himself and his own problems, he's like, oh, woe is me. Mm. But then when he's looking out for everyone else, he's this big, strong champion sort yeah, of thing. Right. This is what message I got here, is that while Leonardo's focusing on himself, trying to get these quick wins and stuff, mm. you know, he's a morose motherfucker, and then when it comes actually to someone else, yep. you know, he sees someone else in trouble, that's when... He's just like, bang, that's when he's the hero. That's also his value, isn't it? Yeah. Because then, again, they've been trained together to be ninjas, um, and, and we could arguably say perhaps heroes yeah. at this point anyway. Um, but when you take that away from them, what are they? Yeah. You know, teenage mutant turtles. turtles. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and again, this type of existentialistic crises is looked at in the TMNT CG movie. Yes. Where it starts where they're all separated and, and they're lost without yeah. each other, especially without Splinter as well. And if they're not ninjas, what are they? If they're not heroes, who are they? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and again, to touch on things I haven't written, um, 
Yeah, we, I think we were, last week we were talking a bit about the Ninja Turtle film that I want to write. Mm-hmm. That it's just it's just for my own fun. It's never never to be made. But it's the same sort. Of, it's the same sort of thing though, where one of the turtles dies, mm. and it's the other three trying to deal with what the fuck, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, off on their own sort of thing, and it does really explore what's the difference between a hero and a vigilante, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit sad yeah. that um, if they don't have anyone to save, they're lost. Yeah. So that's a bit of a tragedy. Yeah, but uh, that's that's Batman. Ah, uh, he's a bit darker. Yeah, he's but I mean, more, he's mm, he's he's more of a vigilante as well. He's got a lot more psychological yeah, issues yeah, okay. bubbling away. These guys are still kids. You know, like, um, what are their personalities are are on this idea of helping others. Yeah. And so when you take that away from them, what have they got? Yeah. Mm. But, which we'll find out towards the end of this issue. But, yeah, he's, he's out of his funk. He's, he's doing what he does best. And I like this idea of, um, and I've only seen it in movies, where this, um, you know, this advice that when you're in a bad situation, remember your training. Just rely on your training. Yeah. They say that to, like, you know, uh, military people. And how great would that be? Like, you can just fall back into your uh, motor skills, yeah. your, your militar- militarized motor yep. skills in a situation. I think that's what Leo does here. Yeah. You're safe, I have you. Thank you. Shush. So now he's... <laughs> Thank you. Shut up. Shut the fuck yeah. Shut up, woman. Um, and yeah. this is when... This is when Splinter goes, all right, come on, boys. Yeah. Quit fucking around. You've been, you've been fucking up since you left that ninja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's good because he's, um, he's, he's putting his foot down. Yeah. We haven't been paying attention to these months in these diary entries. Oh, uh, right. So let's go back. So, we, we, so the last entry was March. March 10. 10. Let's have a look at the first. The very first one. January. January, February, March. Three months. Three months. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so it's been three months. Now Splinter's said, look, I've had enough of watching you little bitches carrying on for three months. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Right? She'll be fine. We must let her rest. Enough time has passed. Yep. And I think that's really good like he's allowed them to give them time yeah. and give them space and freedom um i'm not too sure if there's almost like uh, like a guide to grief and getting over things is there is there like a set normal period of time that you that, you, that you're sort of sociably acceptable to grieve uh, yeah i'm not sure i know there's stages right but i don't I know, know there's seven stages of grief yeah, something like that yeah. i mean to put a timeline on it, it sounds pretty harsh yeah. but like so you know yeah and again just from movies and tv tv series when people say hey come on man that was like a year ago you know yeah so i i, I would say around about 3 months if you're a warrior about 3 months if you're an 80s man yeah, okay. Manly man from the 80s. And what's that? That's a, that's a three-minute montage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a month. It's about right. It's about the, 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 the length of uh, one rock opera song. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I am the man who will fight. Yeah, actually, I was Funny gonna... that, because we get to a montage. We get to a training <laughs> montage. Fantastic. So keep it going, buddy. For your honor, I'll be the hero I'll that you've been dreaming of. Yeah. <laughs> you must work harder. 
winter. <laughs> Fuck, I just seen... sang my heart out, bitch. Okay. You can tell me work harder. I just sang my heart out. This winter has seen the diffusion of your energies. With the spring, you must rebuild your group spirit. So I like how they do. So so winter's come and gone. That was their grieving period. Yep. Now it's all about rebirth. Yep. Tim, getting back on the horse. Yes. But also, most importantly, coming together. That's right. Training together. All that shit. You're the best. I'm gonna go to town in a fancy gown. You're a rest. Me and my boy. Me and my boy. We were, we were sitting there singing that song, and just making up shit. All right. You know, if you yeah. if you're wearing high heels, you're gonna fall down. If you're you know gonna go wear some lipstick, you know, so I don't frown, and just all this crazy shit. And we were laughing. So ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I was in the car with a couple of friends of mine, and we pulled up at a um, at a red light with um, this family, and, and there's, there's you know gentlemanly Asian guy, and his, and his kids are in the back, and we were singing that, that what was that song in um, Wedding Crashes. Um, the the wedding the wedding song like I fucking need you more than ever. And we were there, we were like, I fucking need you tonight. Yes. Yeah. And this guy just looked at us and he thought it was the most hilarious thing he's ever heard. Because like, so my friends had just like zizzy top beards on, and, but we're seeing that. I fucking oh, need man. you more. That's great. Uh, That's great. And this is it. So Smith says, set aside individual pursuits. Your healing requires collective focus, and that's what. Um, April said earlier yep. on, like, dudes, the, you know, the solution is do this together. Yeah. But, you know, they needed to go through their own sort of existential crises yep. to appreciate the sweet, to appreciate the knowledge that, yep, we're better together and we need each other to pull through this, yep. to get stronger. Okay. And so that, that montage has been May, April, March, April, May. So two months montage that was. Oh, there we go. So they've been working hard, man. Two months. Oh. Well, it's almost like, you know, three months on, two months on. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. So she's like, you know, this is probably going to be my last entry. <clears throat> she says, I can't believe it's been over a month since I fell through the ice. Well, okay, so so that's May 1, and it was March 12. So, yeah, six weeks, mm. eight weeks, okay. six weeks, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's basically saying it's kind of fitting because I really think this is going to be my last entry. Yeah, um, and she's learned to appreciate what she has now as opposed to what she's lost. Yeah. So she's uh, the phoenix. She died in the water and she came out anew. See, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to get back to this scene, this page when we finish discussing this comment. Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, she's got closure. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic for her. And, and the turtles. And the turtles. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone's got closure. Everyone's... Yeah, fucking Casey. Casey's probably drunk. Yeah, yeah. He's just provided the house and this amazing property. Yeah. Jesus. Thanks. Actually, I don't think he turns up for the rest of the comic, nah, he's he? he's he's buried under the floorboards at this point. You'd like to at least see him trying to work out with the turtles or something. Yeah. Ho, ni, chi, chi, ho, 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 ha, ha, ha. I don't even know what that means, Hello. but thank you. So yeah, th- those guys all work out. They, and Splinter has his last fucking beautiful speech. Mm-hmm. He, he gets them out, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. He's a true teacher. Um, so yeah, we're not going to go through the speech. It's, it's, it's nice. Mm. He's just saying you know, about um, you can choose what you do in life and then karma does the rest. Yeah. But he also highlights, okay, guys, remember April? She's she's suffered a bit. Yeah. She's lost her, you know, her house, her, her, her father's her, possessions. Yeah. 
her only connection with her father, yeah. with her dead father. But she has gained more. She's gained us. Mm-hmm. Got an ego on him or what? Well, that's why he goes, you know what, you little fuckers, you're going to make a breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they come in and they give her breakfast and flowers for breakfast. Yeah, I always thought the bow tie on one of them looked like a stripper. I didn't even notice the bow tie. Really? I don't, I don't like it. It's got to be Mikey. Yeah. Fucking Mikey. I liked you better when you were being Raph. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, yeah, we do. We do. We see, you know, the night and we see the new dawn coming, a new, a new day, uh, a new chapter in their lives, a new volume yeah. even, um, and a splash page, which is lovely because, again, it's not over-romanticized because yeah. it's still gritty as all hell. Yeah. We've got some smudgy, smudgy goodness yeah. in there. And, um, yeah, the turtles are, are saying, listen, we actually really appreciate you. We're sorry that you're with us, but uh, we're a family now and, yeah. we're, and we're better together. And we're going to look after you. Yeah. Okay. So then what, you got a pin-up page in yours that I don't have? Got a dragon. Oh, we've seen this before, I think. Jesus. (laughs) They look like aliens coming to abduct me, man. Who did this? Kerry Moody. Kerry Moody. T.S. Brown. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Look, different styles, you know. I mean, everyone draws them differently, don't they? Yeah, they do. But it's pretty brave to follow up this amazing artwork from... Kevin and Peter Larry. That was like me in Gorilla My Dreams, Mime of My Life, where you've got awesome armoured draft at work. Yeah. And then awesome armoured draft at uh, sort of epilogue, and then my art right in the middle. Yeah. <sighs> so embarrassed. <laughs> I looked at that and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. There you go. Okay, so my version, we have annotations now. What? Comments by Kevin and Peter. Oh, okay. Now, um, Kevin just sort of goes on and he says look this is uh, the end of an era for us mm-hmm. he says this is the last book that me and Peter worked on together for a long time this and is a retrospective annotation yes this is retrospective yep yep as opposed to the start of your version where they're like hey 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 we're killing it yeah we're friends yeah yeah. so this was the last issue they worked on together yeah right from here on out it's either a filler team yeah or Kevin Eastman's book, or Peter Laird's book, yep. all the way up until I think uh, City War, yeah, 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 something like that. When and they say that you know, even though we did get to work together again, Kevin says um, this was really the end of an era where mm. you know, it, it sort of we sort of started to go out different ways. Mm. Now Kevin doesn't sound too broke up about it. He's just like, oh yeah, it's That's life, c'est la vie. See, I think uh, I. From my limited knowledge of these guys and only going through volumes of reading everything to do with Turtles, I've got the idea that even if Kevin is broken up about things, I think he's very professional. Yeah. I think he's, he doesn't let anything slip to the press or to his fans. Like I think he's really good at keeping things on... You know, uh, down on the down low between him and and Peter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he he he's more talking about the technical side of things. You know, yeah. we decided to do it from her point of view. You know, because um, we hadn't actually done a story really from her point of view yet, and it was a good way to recognise everyone's traumas and whatever. Yeah. And he, he said they called it um, they called the story true stories because it was the title of a of the Talking Heads best album. All right. All right. Sure. Anyway, and yeah, and he says, look, you know, it's um, you know, a lot of the stuff um, was used in the Ninja Turtle movie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was. <sighs> then Peter Laird starts commenting, dude, it broke my heart, bitch. Oh, really? It really did. And then it takes me back to 
April saying, I've learned to appreciate what I've got, mm. you know. But, yeah, Peter Laird's a bit more open about it. And he yeah. says, yeah, this, he, he says he looks back in sadness because this is where the partnership started to break up. They mm. were... Um, because they were trying to organise the comic and the action figures and the movies and cartoons, he said that they were actually having... Uh, there, was a, there was a lot of unpleasantness and disagreements and between the two of them. Mm. And he said, like, you know, and that's where they w- sort of went their different ways with the book and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. And that um, he really looks back on this first volume, you could say, with fondness mm. um, and bloody... Yeah, again, even though they, they do work together in Return to New York and City War, mm. that, um, yeah, this was the beginning of the end of their friendship. You and, know? And, then, the- and then in hindsight, going back to that page where she's going, you know, I've learnt to accept, you know, to accept what I've got now. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? That rings true. It hurts, man. It uh, fucking hurts, you know. So that, that, that fucking, oh, dude, that broke my heart. It's it is. It's um this is the end of the the golden years as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because um everything that's coming out of the paternal since has come out of all these issues to date, I reckon. Yep. And bar Return to New York and City at War, um again that's just foot soldiers and this retread of Shredder showdown. Yep. Uh, all the goodness, all the all the gold pretty much ends here. Yep. Yeah. But, um, you know, they revisit things and threads and things, yep. but this was the um, the end of an era. Yeah. And that was the thing, you know, then w- once I had read those annotations, yeah, I sort of softened my disappointment on the issue because I was like, this issue actually fucking means something. This is a breakup. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, oh. very sad. And so I'm, I'm interested to see where we go from here. I'm not. You're not? No. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, it, if if these guys were just comic book artists working together, and they and they hired like a third party to look after the business and stuff, do you reckon they'd still be fine? Like they wouldn't have disagreements because I think their personalities inherently wouldn't work together. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree with you. Yeah. It's like even from you know as we've been discussing from pretty much from issue 1 mm. you know you can see that they're two completely different personalities and maybe not here maybe not by issue 11 yeah what's that issue 11 plus that you know 15 issues in mm. with the with the four one shots you know maybe another 10 issues down the line yeah maybe but yeah it's, it's been 4 years working together yeah yeah mm. yeah you know and as we were saying you know last issue there was no communication where he redrew a face and then he redrew the face again. That's and pretty passive aggressive, yeah. but it's also extremely rude. Yeah, you don't just draw over someone's. Yeah, work. but I mean, you, you, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, the end of an era. Yeah, it's a shame. Let's get fucking crazy next issue, huh? Pretty much. Pretty much. It starts getting pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So all right, guys. I think we'll wrap that up for tonight. Um. Hit us up on our socials. I'm Big Tim. Big Tim Styles everywhere. Luke is movieclub.net everywhere. Yep. Yeah, so hit us up. Um, yeah, that's about it. So uh, anything else? No, just again, this issue really is heavily uh, shown in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great scene, couple of scenes. I wish they had a little bit more reference to it. I wish yeah. those... Um, uh, deleted sequences are still back into it. Yeah. And again, uh, Judith Ho 
Hoag. H-O-A-G. Um, she was attracted to the spirituality of the movie and the script. I think that spirituality was this... This from this issue, yep. which unfortunately was edited down in the movie. Yeah. So that's what attracted her to it. I think that's why she was disappointed that it was out. And her expressing those disappointments is what got her taken off the sequel. Yeah, mm. which is but a shame. This is a rich, rich um, spinach medicine issue. Yeah, yeah. Especially, again, especially with those annotations I read afterwards, I was like... A bittersweet farewell. Yeah, very bittersweet. Um, yeah. Hmm. All right. Movieclub.net, all over the place. Big Tim Styles every, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, even TikTok. Yeah, right. You're on TikTok? I'm on TikTok. Oh, God. My first video was banned. What? <laughs> <laughs> Good start, Tim. And then my video two and three, I've just done like new comic book day where I've sh- right. shown off what I've bought. Okay. Anyway, everywhere. Big Tim Styles. Thanks for listening, guys, and be good to each other. This was a Turtle Boy Podcast.